And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program. Here we go. We are loaded today. Talking about what everybody else is talking about. And then some. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. We are live from the bunker, deep beneath Sci-Fi For Me World headquarters in the super secret 9020 bunker. Uh, and shout out to everybody who is listening to this as a podcast. We do want to invite you to join us for the live video uh, where people can get into the chat. I see Cam's there, Keeley's there, Gojira's there. We are loaded and they're not blanks. That's right. Email address live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. And of course, the Discord is up and running, and the social media accounts, you can find us in all those different places. Lone Elemental Cross in the chat. That's a name I have not seen before, so good to see you. Now, the plan is to have a big all-star panel discussion here today. And the panel will show up. <laughs> uh, right now, uh, right now, the panel is me and and Dan Danford, and he is. I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. Welcome, sir. Dan is the uh, founder and CEO of the Family Investment Services here in uh, the Kansas City area. Welcome back, Dan. How are you, sir? It's a beautiful day out there. A little windy, <laughs> but all good. All yeah. good. Yeah. Well, and. Um, I guess what we can start with, because there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of stuff that's going on <clears throat> this week with the with the Disney stuff, but there are other things that have kind of drifted under the radar with regard to Paramount Global, and I would say, figure might as well why don't we why don't we start there <clears throat> because uh, the Disney stuff is going to take up everybody. Um, I'm, we're waiting for, uh, we're waiting for Mexican Iron Man. Uh, Mikey's going to be here. Judah Engelmeyer is going to be here. Cameron Pasha will be here in the second hour. Uh, Destiny Bounce will be here to talk law. But, uh, you and Mikey probably would have the most insight on this Paramount thing. Because the rumor has been swirling for a while that Warner Brothers and Paramount were going to do some kind of a merger. And then we get the offer of Skydance, and then we get Byron Allen throwing his hat in the ring. But that one kind of has been complicated a little bit by this legal decision that's not gone his way. So I don't know. I'm, I'm hearing some different people saying that the Warner Brothers merger would be the best out of the three deals. But would it? I mean, it... This this consolidation of all this stuff. I mean, Paramount just announced a, a new deal with Ryan Reynolds' production company. Is it a good idea for Warner Brothers, with their debt, to merge with Paramount, with their debt? 
Well, you know, it's it's like any other um, uh, merger acquisition. You know, you, you you get assets and often you get debt to go along with it. And to make it actually work in the long run, you've got to capitalize on the assets, uh, use them to uh, generate more profits and stuff so that you can pay down the debt in the long run. Yeah. It's hard to, you know, we see, I saw the Allen uh uh, offer was, you know, something like $30 billion, but you don't really know how that's all packaged and financed. And he hasn't always been able to pull off the things that he talks about anyway. So it's pretty hard to understand the numbers without actually, you know, digging into the numbers, which I haven't done. Um, I will say that, you know, it makes sense for the Redstone uh, family probably to, uh, you know, to do liquidate some of their value or all of their value so that probably makes sense and the best suitor you know uh, there you can look at it from the it's kind of like the disney thing i mean you can look at that and you can say well which which one of these proposals is the best well it depends who you are yeah i mean if you're sitting on the board or you work for paramount you probably care a lot about the culture of who's acquiring you but the numbers may not reflect much about the culture. So it's kind of hard to say, you know, which one's best at this point. But I think it's pretty obvious based on all the rumors and stuff that have been going on that, uh, you know, that they are in play. <laughs> and we'll just have to see how it all shakes out to know, you know, first of all, who acquires them. And then secondly, um, whether that ended up being a good deal or not. Uh, and that'll probably take three, four, five years looking back for us to really evaluate the quality of the deal. But in the in in the outside looking in perspective. Right. Yeah. I look at this and especially if you look at Byron Allen's offer for example, where he's, you know, Paramount is 16 billion dollars in debt and he's like, "Okay, I'll take on that debt and I'll add another 14 here to sweeten the pot, 30 billion." If Warner Brothers is the one that comes out as the front comer, you know, the front runner on this and says, we're going to we're going to do that. They'll have to assume that debt as well to add into it. So if you're a business and you're looking to acquire another business. Right. What are the factors that tell you this is a good idea to add to our debt? I mean, I, it, to me, it just doesn't seem to make any sense in, in that regard. Well. You know, it, it's uh, in business. It's not like buying another car, you know, yeah. but what, what you're doing in business is you're hoping that whatever you're acquiring will help you grow more or faster or more profitably. Mm -hmm. And so you say, it, you know, is it worth it, you know, to acquire this new asset, even if I have to borrow to do it? And part of that is, you know, what can I do with that asset to make it better? You know, can I make it more valuable? And see that—that's where you go back to the deal. Is the three different acquirers could all have very three very different ideas about where they take Paramount in the future in order to get their money back. But it doesn't matter whether it's debt or it's equity or it's cash. Whoever buys it is looking at it as an opportunity to grow the company. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to and, and so uh, it's the quality of the asset that matters the most. Well, in Paramount Global, uh, their Class A stock it looks like it's on the rise a little bit. 
Um, I haven't seen anything as far as a timetable on when to expect some kind of a deal to be announced. Uh, so I guess we're I kind of in a holding yeah. pattern looking at that. So Yeah. Well, and the other thing I'd say is that generally when you're trying to acquire somebody, you're, you're trying to get a bargain price, right? So if you like this is a because you're showing me the chart right there, this is a public company. So if I acquire them, I am acquiring them at whatever the share price is you know, as right. shown by the company or whatever. If I think that's a good price, that 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 leads me to step into, hey, I want to acquire these guys. If I thought the price was too high, I'd say this is a bad time to acquire them. Yeah. The fact that three different people are looking at it or three different groups are looking at it tells you they think there's value there uh, for, for an acquirer, so, whichever one gets it. So what's the difference between the Class A and the Class B stock? Usually, yeah, I, I'm not sure in that case, but generally speaking, Class A stock is uh, common shares that's bought and sold in public, like on the New York Stock Exchange or something like that. Oftentimes, Class B shares are restricted in some fashion. So, um, you know, I own Class B shares. I can't just sell them to anyone. I may have to sell them to an insider or the company itself. Um, sometimes they have different classes because some shares are premium shares that pay, you know, a, a dividend rate or something like that. My guess in this case is it's probably uh, based on some kind of restrictions on the sale of the share. Okay, so we will keep an eye on the Paramount yeah. deal. Meanwhile, the Walt Disney stock has gone up to 112 uh, on the heels of the earnings call, and I'm sure that that's a, a legitimate number. But let's go ahead and add in uh, from Bounds Business Law, Destiny Bounds. She is a lawyer here in the Kansas City area. Welcome, young lady, a fresh face on the panel. Hopefully not the only time that you're here. So, uh, Hello. How are you? All right, let me eat. I'm doing great. Let me clear this stuff off here so everybody can see everybody. All right, so... Uh, so Destiny is is here in her capacity as a lawyer because we're going to be talking about Gina Carano's lawsuit against Disney and Lucasfilm, which I have to admit, I did not see that one coming. A lot of people have been expecting her to do that uh, for a number of years now, and she just never has. And now she finally has, and everybody was like, well, it's about time. I didn't expect a shoe to drop on Tuesday right before the earnings call. I figured they would do the earnings call, everybody would do their attaboys, get all the pats on the back and the articles in the trades, and then some shoe would drop Thursday afternoon. This thing drops, and then uh, Tuesday afternoon we get the announcement of the deal with Fox and Disney and Warner Brothers all throwing in with their sports stuff. And as soon as I saw that... I said, okay, well, I know what all of the questions are going to be about in the earnings Q&A. They've just been given their marching orders, the, the trade publications have. You're going to ask about this stuff, the ESPN stuff, the sports stuff. We're not going to talk about anything else. How do you think that earnings call went? I mean, was this, was this all just scripted? I, I'm not going to lie. When I listened to it, I was like, is this like a pre-recorded? Everybody did get a script and then you're just asking whatever. Um, it, it seemed like very like general questions too, that I, I was like, can we ask something real? Um, I didn't get a whole lot of even information from it. I'm sorry. Like Jason, you sent it to me and I was like, I'm sorry. Like, what are my, 
what yeah. are even my thoughts here? Because it seems so scripted. So no, I'm right there with you on that yeah. for sure. Well, um, and and the CEO and the CFO, they have their planned remarks. Everybody knows what's, what that's going to do. And, and all of the press releases and stuff goes out. The Q&A is always where we, we have the possibility of some kind of bomb dropping. There was uh, there was a quarterly earnings call. What was it? Three three calls ago, two calls ago, where they slammed Bob Iger over the their association. This is right after all of the stuff with Florida started to to break apart, and they slammed Disney over their association with this uh, gay men's choir in San Francisco. And all I was uh, I was like, how did this guy get through? That they screen and they vet. This guy must have put in one thing that he was going to ask, and then he didn't ask that. He asked this other thing. That's and possible. I knew going into this one that none of the Q&A session was going to be random. It generally never is. But you didn't get any shareholders this time. You only got financial reporters or, or bankers. And that's, that didn't surprise me at all. So, well, and you got really good speakers. Like yeah. you got people that like you, I was like, is this your job? Like, you know, like <laughs> you clearly are a journalist or something. And then I had to really ask myself, who's asking this question? Yeah. Because that's how much I was like, they're, it's definitely on a scripted level. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and apparently somebody, uh, somebody asked Bob Iger over at CNBC about the lawsuit. And they said, what do you have to say about the lawsuit? He says, nothing. I mean, just one word, just flat. He just didn't even think, which is probably smart on his part. <clears throat> but if this lawsuit actually goes forward into discovery, there's going to be a lot of tongues wagging over over all of this. And and there are a lot of people out in the fandom, especially. But I'm, I'm sitting there going, I want this to go to discovery. I don't think Gina, Gina Carano is the type to settle. She's not giving any indication that she's going to settle. And with Elon Musk and X financing this and then throwing the net really wide saying, who else wants a piece? I don't think they're going to settle. Well, and I'm not, I, in some ways with reading this, so I'm a, I'm a, obviously you're bringing me on here as a business attorney. So I'm also assessing this from the level, if my client was to come to me like Disney and say, cause I do get these type of things from clients, not necessarily quite as on a large scale of Disney, but businesses who do get these employees that they're trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there are just, there's like, there are things that Disney has, we can get into those later, that they can have some really good defenses here too. So I don't even, I don't know how much Disney would even say, except for the discovery piece. How much are you able to get into the discovery? How much do they want people to get into their privacy yeah. and the details of what's going on with the other employees there? Because clearly that's right in front of you in the petition. Yeah. Well, and Tom, Tom at Midnight's Edge is in the chat and he rightly points out Bob, all of this stuff went down on Bob Chapek's watch, not Bob Iger's. And that's mm -hmm. that's a fair point to make, but with Iger being in charge of Disney right now, it's gonna something's gonna splash onto him. But the fact that they've named Lucasfilm specifically as a defendant, uh, we've got Jay over at Drunk Three PO's channel talking about this trove of emails that have been collected, and he was saying, you know, on a, on a stream a few weeks ago. There is a nuclear bomb that's waiting to go off. So we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what could come out. 
And how much of that comes out before we go to discovery? How much of that is during discovery? And, you know, it's like, uh, okay, there's, there's the minefield being laid out all through this thing. And I was surprised when I'm reading, reading the document, I'm reading the complaint. There's the wrongful termination. There's the sex discrimination. But there's nothing about libel and slander, which I found interesting. Uh, and, I, and I guess that's a completely different kind of civil suit. It is. And it's a tough suit. Defamation is a very hard claim to prove. Yeah. It just carries a very high burden and it almost has to, you almost have to prove that it's completely false. And so many things that we say in the real world, they still could have some truth to them or, or just, you know, you're saying them in a different tone or something like they just have to be completely false and it's a high claim. So that may be why they didn't bring that. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a, stri- uh, a smart move on their part just to avoid it altogether. And, and they'll get it in through the, through the different, uh, the things in the California code that they're citing that makes it makes it difficult. I mean, as far as like uh, the the effect on her ability to get work and and that kind of thing yep. has to do with the things what they said about her. So you're going to get that that slanderous part in there without actually having to make that charge. Yeah, it's just all part of the facts. I mean, when it's it's part of the underlying facts, they just come in. And I and I it probably was a strategic move of saying, let's just focus on what our strong case is, and we're going to be able to talk about all that anyway because it's part of the facts of the case. We can't get over it. And I'm sure the other side is going to come in and try to do, you know, limit the discovery and say that it's irrelevant. And if not, it, you know, it's completely outrageous. And this is just going to take the jury to another, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to focus on what's really at issue. Well, that you, you can't get around those with those facts. Those facts really do lead up on her wrongful termination. And it's what they have to prove. Right. So do you think she's got a fairly strong case or is this, you know, are we tilting at windmills? <laughs> See, <laughs> You brought me on here, so I'm going to say my opinion, and I'm that, sure some other attorneys can say something different. And it it's really hard right now when you're just looking at a petition, I will say, to give an opinion of strength. Um, this is something that my business clients love to do. They get sued, and then they're like, well, what's the suit of my, you know, what's, how, how good is my case, or how, what defenses do I have? Or somebody who, a business who were kind of looking at this on the other way. It's really hard without discovery to look at it. Yeah. But I will tell you with, just looking at the face of the petition, the first thing when I'm looking at this petition, because I'm, you know, we're, or I don't know if you guys are too, but I'm from Missouri and Kansas, essentially. So I, I focus Missouri, Kansas, Texas. I don't necessarily work in California unless I'm working with like federal laws and stuff, because um, I work a lot with intellectual property. But when I first read it, I was like, okay, where's the protected class? Because for, <laughs> for both thought- of these, I'm like, you got to have, they have to actually hurt her or there ha- they have to actually like, there has to be a protected class that they're really violating. And that's a very legal term. Right. And when I first read it, I'm like, Oh, the political act, like her, her, her posts, they're trying to say is a political activity essentially protected. And that's the protected activity yeah. in Kansas, Missouri. That is never a protected class. It just happens to be this class for California. I don't know if there's any other states that didn't get into that much research, but I went down a rabbit hole because I was like, this is not a protect, like 
the normally protected classes are like race, right. gender, sex, national origin, um, you know, all the basics that make sense that we can't discriminate on. Um, and that I was like, what? <laughs> like, what is, so I keep going down this rabbit hole. And even with that though, the Disney is really going to have some arguments that it's just not a protected class. Yeah. It is a personal opinion and they have the right, if it's affecting the business, it's causing the business harm that they can let her go as an at-will employee. So that's, what's going to, I think be the, the hardest part for her to prove, which makes her case not great right now. I think it's going to kind of depend how they set it up. I mean, I think some of, because political activity in my mind, and I didn't get like, Again, I didn't get into the California law super, super deep, but everything that I was seeing for like political activity, that the kind of definition for that is like things that are typical, like she's, you know, going out and trying to apply for um, a certain political party, or she is, you know, uh, uh, supporting a political, an actual political party, or she's talking about you know, voting rights and stuff like that. Like yeah. that is more of the traditional sense of political and would be the protected activity. So I just think they're really going to have issues of even bringing that in as a protected activity. They have to prove that it's protected activity before they even get to any further. So that's right. kind of my initial thoughts. Yeah. All right. So on the PR side of things, we're going to bring in Judah Engelmeyer. He is the president of Herald PR, which is a crisis pr uh, public relations firm in New York. Judah, welcome back. It's good to see you. Thank you. Nice to see you. Nice to be here. So, okay, so Destiny is saying that uh, it's it's kind of a 50-50 here. Maybe it's uh, a strong case or not, depending. Uh, from from the optics side of things, who's who's ahead in the game right now, do you think? Is this, is this, you know, a, is this uh, Gina's case to lose, or is this Disney's case to win? You know, it's 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 hard to give a straight answer like that because <laughs> you know, as you guys hear me, sounded yes. like an attorney. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm losing reception here. You got right. me? Now we got yeah. you. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, I know I can't hear anything. Jeez. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> it's all yeah. that concrete. Now I can't hear anything, but I'm going to assume that uh, you hear me, yes. right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, I'm going to say that. I would think it's Gina's case to lose at this point for the simple reason that Disney has come out over the past several months looking disorganized, looking like they don't know what they're doing, looking like they're getting involved in politics, they're backing away from getting involved in politics. Uh, they're, they're, there seems to be a lot of confusion on their board. So I think the power is with Gina, not necessarily legally, but on the, on the, on the uh, crisis communication side. I don't know for sure on the legal side. Obviously, the legal argument is going to be the most um, the, the most powerful. However, I've, I've seen I've gone to court with clients many times and legal arguments aside, sometimes courts do decide based on publicity and and, and, and the uh, the social will more than the, the law necessarily. Um, but I think Gene is on the right side because Disney is, Disney looks like they're flailing and are trying to have a hard time developing who they are, who they want to be. What, where they came from and what they're trying to aspire to. And until they figure that out, Gina, I think, is in a good seat. Don't forget that the might of, 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 of X behind her and, and, and uh, Musk, regardless what we think of Elon Musk politically, I'm not, I'm not getting into that. I, I, you know, I, he has a certain clout within, within, within the media, within the social media world, within, within the world itself. 
And the fact that he's putting his money and his foot and his and his uh, and his platform forward saying, I'm going to help you out, says a lot as well. So I think he's making this a media communications war as much as it's a legal war. And I think that's powerful. You can't ignore it. Well, let me ask you this, because uh, Alexander points out that she's demanding a jury trial. And this being in California, I mean, California being California, it's kind of like getting a fair trial in Washington, D.C. It's not it's not that likely to happen, given the political climate in these areas. It is. Is it destiny? If you were looking at this and you're on the team, would you uh, would you start looking at a change of venue at any time or do we really want to get in there? Uh, I would absolutely start looking at a change of venue. Um, for sure. The problem is, is we can't go outside California now. So we are stuck there because we're trying to bring this protected activity. That's simply California. But as for the specific location, yeah. Looking outside and discussing definitely want a jury trial on this for sure though, because uh, remember like the whole protected activity thing is such a legal thing, right? Like, With a jury, they're going to glaze past that probably, and they're just going to see like the outrageous texts of the other employees, and that's what you want. So, I mean, you definitely do want a jury trial, but you're definitely probably thinking, okay, what are our other choices of venue that is around us, and how do we do that? And it has to be a fast decision. So it's something if they're going to do, they're going to do it quickly. Would you go further north? Uh, Because Northern California tends to be a little bit more conservative at least that's according to my California-born wife over here, who says, you know, yeah. if you get up to the in into the northern parts of California, you're a little bit more red. I mean, you got Los Angeles, you got San Francisco, and we know how they are, but for the most part, up further than that, maybe a little bit more fair jury pool, possibly. If you have a more conservative area, if your wife's saying that, yeah, that's probably the jury that you want here, yeah. especially so. It, I mean, if you're looking at the petition on its face and those additional texts from the other employees, like that's what you really you're going to want to put that all up in front of the jury every single five minutes if you can. And with a conservative jury, that's going to they're just automatically going to be like, you're not giving Gina a fair shake. If, if you know, at least on Gina's side. Right. If you're on the other side, if you're on Disney's side, you're trying I, I would be trying to keep it there. If that's your question, I think. <laughs> yeah, Judah, you were starting to say something. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Well, there, there is some, some, some thought to wherever you are in California right now, the state of California, and I don't mean the actual physical state. The situation in California has become a little chaotic in terms of how people see um, the 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 progressive agenda has taken over San Francisco, cleaning it up just for the Chinese when they showed up. I know I've been to LA a dozen times this past year. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it's, you know, more and more homeless people are, are piling up there. And I think that there might be a, a, a degree of, of frustration with the system that you might get, a, you, you can get a jury that says this, you know, let, let business be business. Let us make our money, let our tax dollars go to the right things. Let, 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 uh, let the company, let the corporations pay taxes and do business and not worry about individuals you know a company's made up of, mil- of of hundreds of thousands of employees or tens of thousands of employees not all of them are going to agree politically on everything let a company be a company and not get involved in politics you might see that already coming through and i think that listen i, I think gavin newsom sees the frustration in the state as well because you could see wishy-washy on certain statements he makes here and there i think that 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 the 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 
the, the, the jury pool might actually be in favor of saying, I don't, might not like what she stands for, but she has the right to stand for it without getting kicked out of her job. And if you take the, if you, if you purely take the public relations or the media reporting on this thing, she may have already accomplished what she wanted to accomplish. I mean, it may not go to trial. She may not collect a, a settlement or anything else, but it has certainly raised her profile uh, within the community. And it is, it is, it has made the point that she was wronged in some fashion by a huge uh, consortium of companies. And, uh, and, and she's got Elon Musk standing there saying, Hey, this right you know let's fight it. it 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 may not it may not go to trial it may not go to trial right away uh but she still accomplished a lot of what she wanted to accomplish by filing the lawsuit well i mean it, there's no, go, go ahead destiny well i was just gonna say that it's, there's only like between five and ten percent of cases that even go to trial right mm-hmm. yeah so statistically it's, it's exactly that well and the amount of money that she's sitting there that's actually in the complaint you know seventy five thousand, it's technically what she would have gotten paid for three episodes in in the mandalorian but uh like a lot of people have been posting uh, a meme from uh dark knight for you know the joker burning in the money he says it's not about the money it's about sending a message and the other aspect of that shirt sure, she's from money her family is big into you know casinos and real estate in vegas so she doesn't have to worry about that part but if if this is about making a statement if this is about proving a point um i think it goes to trial one but two the the thing the other aspect of this is her getting her job back because you talk there's pieces in the complaint talking about how there was i guess a gentleman's agreement at least a commitment on the part of lucasfilm that she was going to be in season three of the mandalorian that she was going to be in the movies that came out of that that she was getting her own series and all of that went away so then could you make a tortious interference component part of this because that's not in there either it's just you know wrongful termination but if this is, you know, we're saying all of this terrible stuff to keep her from getting work, and we're also, you know, internally deciding she's not going to get any work because of her reputation and what things she said, could you could you add the tortious interference layer to that? Yes and no. So you still have the at-will situation. So an at-will employee... We, we can fire them for anything at any time, really, as long as it's not against the law, which is discrimination, the wrongful retaliation. So you got to prove those before we even kind of get to the tortious interference. Um, unless that I would it would also maybe be based upon if she signed any contract, because I was right, curious yeah. to like know what exact contract she's signing here. What is there going to be a contract that comes out that actually said she was supposed to start on X date, this, you know, secondary series. That's just her. What did that look like? What did it say? Could you make the argument that a contract was under, was at least implied by the fact that Kathleen Kennedy came out and announced Rangers of the new Republic during investors day. I mean, can. the project was involved. But- they didn't say that she was involved. But the project was announced. So at the very least, it exists. And if you have a commitment to put her in as part of it, which was what all the reporting was at the time, 
then there's at least an implied agreement that she's going to be part of this thing. I don't know if that's strong enough to, to count under contract law. I mean, you, you probably get to the contract, but the contract, if it's not in paper, then they can still cancel the contract if it hasn't started in some ways. Right. So then our terms are very, they're, the terms are all over the place. So how do we prove, though, that they were supposed to actually enforce that contract on X date and for X amount? That's why you'd be curious to see what's in the contract, because if there's a written contract, we're going to have cancellation provisions. We're going to have what they can cancel for and what they can't and what happens if they don't. Sorry, I know that's such an illegal answer, but no. (laughs) Well, no, you would be surprised, Destiny, that how savvy our audience is, because we have been looking at this stuff for a long while now, especially when it turns because you have the discussion of. Uh, Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit against Disney, for example. There was a lot of conversations there because uh, our our people watching watching all of these different channels. We watch Valiant and Renegade and WDW Pro and Midnight's Edge and all these all these people that explain Hollywood contracts because mm-hmm. it's not just you're going to get paid to do this work on these days. It's Here's you know here's the points participation on the back end. Here's the bonus if it does this much at the box office, and if it stays in the theater this long, you get this much. And when it goes to streaming, you get this fee. All of these different things are structured out, and for for a, a good number of people that watch our watch our stuff and everybody else's, that's not an esoteric thing. We all kind of kind of get where those things are. So if Gina had a contract for Mandalorian and there was a writer on there that said, in the event we get a season three, you'll have three episodes or whatnot. And the 75,000 would indicate that there was at least a, a, a an implied commitment for three episodes in the third season. And uh, mm-hmm. Green Girl uh, points out in the chat, maybe this uh, the she'd heard the dollar amount being as low as it is keeps it in state court, district court instead of federal. Is that is that a is that another aspect of this that we want to keep it in the state level instead of going to a federal district? So definitely, when I was looking at that, I was looking at the court that they were doing. They did put that, if I remember the wording, so I don't have it in front of me, but I think it said though that they are pleading at at least seventy five thousand. Yeah. So so what they're going to end up doing though is once discovery is happening either in the written discovery part or later on, they're actually will name an amount. Um, they just have to say that 75,000 to whatever court they're in. So for instance, I, they're probably in like a district court and they don't wanna be in a limited action type court. And that's why they put the at least 75,000. So she's asking for really at least 75,000, not 75,000. Right. And yeah. then she- because you you uh, add all of the punitive damage on top of that, and then court fees and attorney fees and whatnot. Now Tom Tom's well, mentioning Tom's saying that it probably is a good idea to keep it in California, except for the fact that uh, IO9's reporter Jermaine Lucier, who broke the story because he was fed the email that touched this whole thing off with the. You know, Gina's no not under contract, and she never will be because she was a terrible, terrible thing. You know, how dare she email? He may not have to be compelled to reveal his source in California. So, if that's the case, it's going to be it's going to be much more difficult, I think, to prove 
that Lucasfilm officially did something because Lucasfilm could sit there and go, that person did that and didn't have any authorization to say that. And, you know, we don't sanction it and we fired that person and we're not responsible. You know, they could wash their hands of it. You know, J Jason, there's, there's one aspect that, 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 that you have to consider is that Disney doesn't want this being a public trial. They don't want to hear, even if they're right on the law, they don't want this going to, they don't want this being repeated every day on a Twitter feed, um, X feed, sorry. They, they, they don't want it. They don't, they don't want, if there's, if, if there is recordings in the, in the courtroom, like there was in Johnny Depp's trial, it'll be a disaster for Disney because yeah. all it's going to come out, you know, Gina might come out looking a little conservative. She might come out looking like she's a MAGA, a MAGA Republican and, you know, I, I don't know how bad that is compared to the list of emails, complaints, and the attacks on her that'll come out. And regardless, they didn't say it wasn't us, it was Lucas. It wasn't Lucas, it was this guy. It was this, whoever they could, whatever plan they want, it doesn't look good for the company. Yeah. And they don't want that coming out. I think, I, I suspect that they're going to move more towards settlement quietly than have this come to trial. Well, the other, the other thing about that, Data Racer 117 has been very good about collecting. Uh, the the tweets and the the frame grabs and all of the different social media posts and he's just this whole week he's just been posting collages of all of this hateful stuff that came out when when this happened and you go back to the original Instagram post that touched all this off with the uh, with you know the, how the Jews were treated in Poland. And there's nothing in there that compares Jews to Republicans. There's nothing in there that says conservatives are being treated like the Jews. It was the, the, the powers that be are turning neighbor against neighbor like it happened in Poland. We should not let that happen. And that's, that's the essential core of what that tweet was. And I, I, don't, know, I don't know that it would take very much destiny to, to prove this doesn't say anything about Jews are Republicans. Where point 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 to the doll where they hurt you and said this is a right. Republican. I mean, it, it's it's a specious argument. Yes, and that's exactly. And then I'm they're going to get someone like, right. and then they're going to get someone like Ben Shapiro to champion her on his net network the same time X is, is doing the daily feed of the trial. <laughs> and people say, well, if Ben Shapiro says she's not anti-Semitic, then she's not anti-Semitic, and that's going to you're not going to need much more of an argument on that because no matter what you say about Ben. He's support. He's he's not. He, he he's very much on the side of people who aren't anti-Semitic. Yeah. Um. And and, and I, I don't think they want the power of Ben Shapiro's network plus plus X, um, uh, attacking Disney on a daily basis during during the duration. I I, I, I suspect it's not going to get that far. And I can't. And I that, that's that's my my thought. My bet. I'll put money on that. <laughs> okay. Destiny, you were starting to say something. What? I don't even remember now. Okay. Um. Well, now, and, and Mindy points out this this was at a time during lockdown when we were being told report your neighbors if they have more than six people in a group tell us if you see people congregating because they shouldn't be congregating it's a terrible thing and of course gavin newsom and all the politicos are having their parties but you're not allowed to and and you know churches got shut down and restaurants got shut down and it was okay to do riots because somehow disease doesn't spread that way but if i have two people over for movie night and popcorn then you know all hell's going to break loose and then in the midst of all of this you have her co-stars you have other people who are employed by disney and lucasfilm that are posting 
wildly political things too. I mean, Pedro Pascal is is the most egregious of these. You know, posting his comparisons to for for between Trump supporters and Nazis in the Confederate States of America, and uh, as rightly pointed out in the in the complaint, as far as we know, he didn't suffer any disciplinary action for that. You know, he's. He's on the right side. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a certain, certain time, right? The certain, what, depending what side, what side of the argument you were on, well, you know, they, they decided whether or not you were going to be canceled. And and I don't think I, 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 I'll keep on going back to it. Disney doesn't want all that being played out again. But it works in their defense. I'm not going to lie, though. How's that? Because they, so here's why. So it's very interesting that you guys are talking about, you know, like this was just a different time, right? We, it's so. What was acceptable on social media at that time and what wasn't is so different than right now. I remember at that point when I made a post um, about churches shutting down. And even though my personal opinion was, yeah, we should stay home. I'm just say that I had put out a post about how this is going to affect our constitutional rights, that if we enforce these, we are eroding our constitutional rights because the, the right to have churches open and stuff is is such a I won't get into it but people were hating on me because I was talking about that we should just have everybody be around each other and I said no this is only my thoughts on like the constitutional issues yeah. so it's it's such a different time so one of the defenses that Disney is going to, I'm sure, is going to raise is that this was affecting their business. Like they're going to have to show that it was a legitimate business reason that they fired her. And if they can show that the, the opinions that she was making would actually affect their bottom line, that's a defense for them. So if they like I, I wouldn't be surprised if their argument is, well, Pedro's was on the right side and that didn't affect us, right. but it was affecting our bottom line by her making these, you know, other side of the argument. Well, the, so, flip, the flip side so, of that though is- guess you think, think about that for a second. If, if, if that's gonna be their argument, then they're telling just about 50% of the country Screw you too, yeah. and and that's that, that that that's their that that who people who go to their parks, people people who who go to their movies, people who buy their who buy their merchandise. I I don't think again. While you're right on the legal argument, I don't think they want to even in, entertain that in a courtroom. Well, and I, I think I think I, I think uh, uh, I think Gina's answer to that is, look at how many toys were sold. I mean, the Cara Dune figures were flying off the shelves. She was an extremely popular character right behind Baby Yoda. The lines at her convention appearances have not diminished a whit since all of this happened. The online outrage after she got fired and, and the unceremonious way that she got fired exacerbated that. I think she could point to all of that and say, where did I hurt your business? My stuff was selling. My stuff was making you money in the merchandise. Definitely. And then they're going to have to say it was their employees. It was their internal employees who didn't like it. Yeah. And that's, they don't want to say that either. Yeah, <laughs> See, but I, my, at the, as, you, as, you, as you know, I come in from, from a public relations standpoint. I work with lawyers all the time, but I'm looking at how the public's going to perceive it. And oh, I sure. can't see Disney wanting to entertain it. I well, can't and, see Disney wanting to entertain this. Yeah. Dan? I, I totally, you know, I totally agree with that. And what I'm going to say is, regardless of outcome, she's getting what she wants. And the more they don't want her to say it, the more powerful it is. So no matter how it ends up, she, this 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 has already been. Uh, she's already won 
in the court of public opinion in all likelihood. And the longer that they delay, and if she doesn't, I mean, somebody said, you know, I don't think she's likely to, to settle. I don't know whether she is or not, but even if she does, she benefits from waiting a while before she settles because she does get those things on the front page every day over and over again. And right. the price goes up as Disney has to keep contending with it. So, I mean, it really is an interesting case, but my suspicion is she's already gotten 75% of what she needs. And don't think for a second when you talked earlier uh, uh, about you know, how coincidental that it is that this all happened on the day of the earnings announcement and all mm -hmm. that. There are no coincidences. Oh, I know. Man. None I know. of it. I mean, all of it is very carefully planned by everybody. They're all being very strategic here. Well, and, and, uh, and with Elon, yeah. with Elon showing up at the at the Lola premiere with Nelson Peltz and his family over the weekend and then this. And then and then after this drops with him with him opening up and and posting documents from in you know internal Disney documents on their inclusion and their DEI stuff and and that kind of thing and then saying who wants a piece of it what are the chances this this goes class action Could I think it? very likely <laughs> In which it case is Disney's really in trouble well, you're always in trouble if you're going to get a class action yeah, right? after you. Because um, then you can get into about, I mean, your your discovery is just massive then and the ability to get into so many things of their company. Yeah. Well, and, and Stephanie, Stephanie's saying we're looking at it all wrong. And, and she points out that the, the, um, the Germain Lucier, and I saw this. I saw this clip. I think they played on a Midnight's Edge. There was a clip. He apparently appeared on a podcast at one point, and the teaser audio at the beginning of that has him saying something that got clipped from the actual interview, as far as uh, the pressure that was brought to bear on Disney to fire her may have come from some of the press. That was covering all of this. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that I got all my, my facts right there, but he was talking about how they had been uh, pestering Disney. What are you going to do about her before she got fired? And if that's the case, if this was a coordinated thing between Disney employees and media, mm -hmm. what does that add to it? I mean, how does that complicate things or does it? I don't know if it complicates it. It just, you know, it adds to the factual scenario and how they can, both parties can spin the facts in their favor. I mean, Disney could say, you know, that that's what was affecting their business. They were seeing all these media giving them pressure and it was, you know, somehow affecting the company, you know, and that, you know, was part of the business decision. They could try to play it that way. It's interesting, um, though, because, you know, if you look back over the last couple of years on the behavior of Disney as an entity, they've clearly thumbed their nose at a huge chunk of people anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, all the woke stuff was tremendously unpopular with certain groups of people, and yet they did it despite the fact that it cost them business, right? So well, I mean, they did, it, they did it because they're inter internally the people who clamoring. That's why. That, yeah. Exactly. But I mean, it's hard to make an argument. We fired her because she was hurting our business when they're making mistakes of their own that are costing them jillions right. yeah. of dollars. So, I mean, it's, it's really it's it's interesting. Destiny, let me ask you this, because you've got all of the legal a action that's taking place in Florida right now. 
their case again their first amendment suit against the state of florida against the governor or the secretary of state just got tossed but all of that legal battle all of that uh publicity could that be brought to bear in a case in california i mean is it material to this do you think i mean how much of that would be admissible because mm-hmm. it's different state different different circumstances I think that's going to come down to who ends up being the judge on this case, to be honest, because and how good your attorneys are. How good is that attorney going to really show that it's an irrelevant to this case? And if the judge is a very like judge who lets everything in or not, Um, I definitely can think of some good arguments that it would be completely irrelevant and shouldn't be in front of a jury at all. But if you've got a judge that lets a lot of stuff in, um, you probably will end up with it also in the case. And that's a trial, though. So will this be part of the depositions? Sure. Yeah, that's going to be part of all the questions that are being asked. That's that's fair game. It's it's it's, you know, connected enough where it could come into the discovery. And that's really what disease should be somewhat worried about, I would think. But and and, and as, as a legal game, um, Gina's lawyers can put it into the motions. And even if the judge, even if ultimately a judge rejects it or the or the or the other side rejects them, fact that the motions opens them up the conversation in the public, whether or not they're admitted in the courtroom ultimately or not, it becomes part of the conversation. And Disney doesn't want that either. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such, it, see, and I, and I keep going back to the emails. I keep going back to what we haven't seen yet. You know, for, for all of the, for all of the information that's out there so far, for everything that we've seen in terms of, employees behaving badly and what Gina has said in her interviews and what, you know, what the executives, you know, Pablo Hidalgo has gone after Star Wars theory and maybe he got disciplined for that. We don't know. Uh, you know, you know, Pedro did his thing. Mark Hamill's done his thing. So the sex discrimination angle, but there's still a whole lot of stuff that we haven't seen yet. And if Jay is right about this whole nuclear bomb thing with related to the emails that put Kathleen Kennedy at ground zero in all of this, then I don't, I don't see that Lucasfilm comes out in, in, in for the better at all in this. I mean, Dis- Disney might be I, I able to distance Jason, themselves. Jason, you're gonna, I think they're going to want to avoid discovery at all costs. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they will. But, I mean, if – okay, so, so Destiny, if, if they want to settle, if Disney sits there and say, we want to settle, we're going to make you an offer to settle. Mm-hmm. If Gina says no, and there's no reason for her to accept settlement. Yeah. I mean, Disney's not going to have any choice. They I mean, have their force. They have to go for it. Okay. All right. No. You're... But they can keep raising their price, too. That's the other thing. You can say, I have no intention of settling. But every time they come back with a higher price, it may finally get to the point where you say, this is absurd. I'm going to take the money. That, that, that's how except, it happens. Except, though, except her family is money. I mean, her, her dad, you know. But it's not about her needs. It's not even the more, the, the more Disney has to pay, the worse they look in public. And, and, yeah. and the more the bigger the hit they take. And if that's what she's going for, which I think she really is, then I think that it behooves her to try to get the most. And she can give it away to charity. Looks even better. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. Well, and and with the the Mandalorian movie getting announced, and now Bob Iger confirms that that's going to be coming out. I think twenty twenty six. I think is what he said. So, 
you know, it's it's been reported WDW Pro and their their staff over there at that park place, they have it that it this thing's being fast tracked. It's going to start production in June, which it, well, that was a surprise. We knew there was a script, but if they're ready to just go, of course that that implies also that this was going to be season four and they're retooling it and they're just going to turn season four into the movie. But now we're on the clock. Because if Gina really wants to come back and play Cara Dune, and if Disney has to be forced into a position to let that happen, this has got to happen quick. So does that put more pressure on Gina to settle, or does that put more pressure, or does that put us on a fast track, let's get to trial so we can get this thing decided? Well, that depends I think on whether that's... or not she wants to be in the movie, or, or, she, or she just wants to make a point to Disney. Yeah, because I will tell you, those attorneys would be thinking about injunctive relief if they're really concerned that they're trying to do things that would force the situation now um, if if she's really concerned about that being a thing. So so I'm just saying so she in injunctive relief being they would file to keep the production from moving forward until there's a decision. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. Yeah, there's tons of things we not tons of things, but there's different avenues of injunctive relief that can be done if it's an emergency, what we call an emergency situation of something that's going to harm the outcome of the case. And if they're serious, then I would expect to see something like that. But I mean, right now it's not there. And maybe they're thinking, though, she can be something else. I don't know. Maybe I really don't think at the end of the day, I think it's a point like you were saying. I think she's making a point with that. Um, because what does that create then? That creates a fact pattern where she can say, this is really what I wanted to do. And I was definitely going to do it. There's no, like, um, the, the, that damage won't be, you know, spec, you know, just a spec, you know, it, it won't be tenuous or anything to the jury. Yeah. She's for sure set on that because that's where damages like can be, you know, excluded by a judge if they're very speculative, if they're very tenuous. And then by her making that point. That's the whole issue. I'm also wondering if discovery will get us to a point where we can finally settle once and for all if there has been an internal civil war at Lucasfilm. Because we've been hearing rumors about that from various different places, different reports that have said that there's a there's a Kathleen Kennedy faction, there's a John Favreau, George Lucas faction. And, you know, we hear about that, and then we have other people saying, oh, that's a bunch of malarkey, there's no way, Kathleen Kennedy's in charge of everything. If if there's a bunch of emails where people are going back and forth arguing about this stuff, and John Favreau has a plan to do things X way, and Kathleen Kennedy is doing stuff a, a different way, maybe in Discovery we finally find out who's been running things at Lucasfilm, and maybe Disney doesn't want that coming out either. But that, that, that goes more to the point of what we're saying all along. That I, I don't think Disney wants to, wants any of this stuff out, whether it's what happened with Gina, whether it's what's happening internally with Star Wars and their, and their staffing and their decisions. I, I think it's chaotic for them. And, and I think it'll, it'll, it'll let the shareholders know that, that there's really there's, 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 there's no direction there or that there's limited direction there. And that'll frustrate, that'll frustrate the, the, uh, the, the financial world. I don't think they want that. So, okay, now... 
I, I think Gina's Gina's in the driver's seat. What she did with, with, with this lawsuit, she she puts them on the hot seat, and they have to make a decision how much of this they want to come out just to make a point and, and beat her in, necessarily, or or do they want all this discovery to come out? And they might win legally against her in the end, but they will have so much egg on their face, they'll have a lot to clean up afterwards. Yeah. All right. I, I just had a thought. And let me add, let me let me run this past you. And Destiny, you you probably have a better sense of this or not. Bob Chapek was at the helm when all of this stuff went down. He was right in the middle of everything that happened with the Florida stuff. He came out and did what everybody's calling the the hostage video with his Mia culpa saying, you know, we really do stand with our 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 Rainbow Coalition people and whatnot and everything. Almost like he was forced to do that because. According to Ron DeSantis, they had conversations, and Chapek was like, I don't want to get us in the middle of this stuff, but I've got employees pressuring me to say things. So he gets fired unceremoniously in the middle of an Elton John concert where he's supposed to be giving a speech or an introduction or whatnot. And there's been a lot of speculation that the FTX situation is involved in that. But that aside— could Bob Chapek be brought in to testify on Gina's behalf because of what happened to him? I think that comes back to what the judge is going to say is relevant or not. Because, I mean, I again, I, I feel like I can make some really strong arguments that's not relevant. But then they could say that it is. Well, if he was in charge, if he's the CEO when she gets when she gets fired. He, he could have sat there and said, this is not yeah. a good idea. Don't do this. And they do it anyway. His testimony is going, to, is, is going to be included in any trial. And whether or not the lawyers ask him other questions about what else is going on, too, whether the judge accepts those questions or not, it doesn't matter. They're being thrown out there. And he'll Once be again, deposed another, no matter what. He's definitely going to be deposed. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I want, to, I want to see this thing go to discovery so badly, and so many people do, because all of these and, lawsuits— And that that's why it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, this could be too big. I mean, really, I it's— just, The go, reason why I think it will go to trial, though, too, as an attorney, and I again, keep in mind, 5%, I see very, very few things go to trial. It's very, very few. But— you have Elon Musk in the seat. So he's going to have probably whatever agreement they've made, he probably has say-so of uh, of settling this or not, not just her. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and he's got all the money in the world. And and given what happened at the New York Times Book Summit a few weeks ago where you know they asked Bob Iger, because Bob Iger was there, and they asked him about you know Disney pulling all of their advertising from Twixer, and then Elon gets up there and says, go F yourself. Hi, Bob. I mean, he's specifically calling out Bob Iger. Yeah. And then we see him with Nelson Peltz over the weekend, who's right in the middle of the proxy war over this thing. I have no doubt in my mind that Elon is sitting there saying, this is our time to stick it to Disney in a yeah. big way. Not only does it make a statement, but it hurts their bottom line. And it shakes up the shareholders because the shareholders are starting to pay attention to this stuff. And they have been for the last two or three years. We've seen that with some of the different Q&As and the shareholders calls. And they're saying, Bob, what are you doing? What are you doing with our money? We're not making money. We're, we're, this, is, this is a problem. 
And, you know, the fact that they didn't pay a dividend for how many years was a big reason why uh, Peltz and Tryan came in and said, it's time to change management. Dan? No, there are no coincidences. And uh, <laughs> I think the uh, the Musk uh, is, is absolutely uh, tied to the Peltz group. You know, uh, one of the things I was going to say, it doesn't have to do with the lawsuit exactly but it's still interesting that disney stocks up 12 percent in the last two days and you may not think that's a lot but i'm just telling you the tryon group owns three billion dollars worth of disney stock so just since yesterday they've picked up almost 400 million dollars in value yeah and you can say you can you can say well you know this thing's all going to go i mean the, the the actual vote is april 3rd so you've got another you know, month and a half here or two months for the shareholders to decide what's going on. But the Pelts offer is already driving activity at Disney. Some of the decisions that have been made in the last, you know, month or two months or three months, some of the things that Bob Iger is saying today are directly responsive to the fact that he's got this shareholder proxy war going on. Right. And it's, 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 they are already having an effect and the fact that Musk is involved now in this lawsuit and that he's also tight with the Pell's guys, who knows some of that money that some of that 3 billion may be Musk's money. We don't know who their owners are. We, we just know that they control $3 billion worth of Disney stock. So I, I'm just saying, you know, that, you know, when you said earlier that people were reading from a script and they were following, you better believe they are. We're talking huge stakes here, both inside the company and outside the company. And I'm just, I'm a huge believer. There are no coincidences. This is all happening for a reason. And, you know, the Peltz group, even if they don't get the seats on the board, they've already increased the value of Disney shares. Yeah. Well, and, and on restore the magic, which is Tryan's website that, that puts all of this stuff out there. They've even got this this handy visual reference. You know, the the column on the left is how much the board of directors has invested in the company. The column in the middle is how much Bob Iger's invested in the company. The column on the right is how much Tryon controls. Mm-hmm. And um, I I think. I think there's a little bit of a of a of a discrepancy here in terms of who's got who's got when, how much influence. When you when Bob Iger is saying that you know part of the strategy is to cut seven and a half billion dollars worth of costs in the next year, I mean that was part of what he talked about at the press conference um, two days ago. Yeah. That's that's a direct result of this. That is the, that is the outsiders coming in and saying we want seats on the board because we want to swap things up. We want to make the company more profitable. And when they're making decisions like that, you, I mean, it's it's very deliberate. It is a response to the to the threats that are taking place on the outside. Well, and you got the other thing, too. I mean, they're taking a hit. Disney Plus has lost one point three million subscribers in the quarter. And yet they're saying we've made money, which means their prices have gone up, which their customers are not happy about. And then, you know, they say they've got $886 million in cash flow, but they've still got to pay for Hulu. And Disney Plus still isn't making money. They said 
Yeah, we made three. We we lost three hundred million less this quarter than we did the last quarter. It's like that's not a win. Looking at it from the outside, you're still losing money on this venture. You know, Disney, all of these streaming services, and I think that's one of the reasons why Netflix has sat there and said, "We're not going to do theatrical stuff. We're a streaming service, and this is all we're going to do, and this is where we're going to put our money." You get these these other places like Disney Plus, Peacock, and 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 Paramount Plus, and all these others that are not making any money, and they all have to go back to this uh, a, a lower tier with advertising. We're just back to to basic cable, or or even even before that, just regular television. Yes, all of that's true, but you also have to understand that Bob Iger is going to stand and say, "We have made progress." You know, you showed all those charts saying that we haven't made any money and we haven't kept up with the S&P 500 and all that. Kind of, but look what we've done in the last year, you know, and that does it is really hard for somebody to actually win a proxy war. I've told you that before. It's really hard to get enough votes to win a proxy war. Um, but when the shareholders are seeing progress, it's even harder. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it makes it makes the current management team look better. And uh, I mean, that's part of the message that he was sending when he was talking on Monday is, look what we've done. Look what we're going to do. You know, we don't need those other guys out there. But I, I'm just telling you, those guys out there are a big enough threat that is driving some of this behavior. And and that that's part of the point, too. Yeah. Uh, my, my, Michael's got a question for Destiny since he came in late. What is your area of focus as a lawyer? Uh, bound, bounds business law is what exactly? No, sure. Yeah. Um, I Basically, business law, I work a lot with my with small businesses and I act as basically their outside in-house counsel, doing things from formation, contracts and intellectual property for them. So and then I my background is a lot of litigation and trial work and i now have transitioned out of that and do more business consulting and kind of legal you know day-to-day -day advice for my businesses mm -hmm. all right now here we go we're in the second hour so that means camera pasha is able to join us as well producer writer author uh general raconteur uh how's your how's your birdhouse uh lately there cameron <laughs> Birdhouse talking about about uh, Hollywood in general. There's birdhouses have lots of poop in them, so that's kind yeah. of how that goes, right? <laughs> how you been, man? It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Happy New Year, and uh, I'm glad to see this channel continue to thrive. And I think you've got some of the most sophisticated conversations uh, on YouTube, so I'm glad to always participate. So well, thank you to all the panelists for letting me join you. So what's your take on all of this? I mean, we've got the the shareholders uh, call, we've got Gina's lawsuit, and all of the all of these mm -hmm. new projects that have been announced. Percy Jackson gets picked up for season 2. Moana is sure. moving from TV to movie. We got all the sports stuff. What what's mm -hmm. what's what your take as a as a Hollywood insider? What are you looking at? I mean, there's a lot of different ways to approach that. I mean, uh, I, I came in disappointed in the conversation with gentleman was saying about how it is very hard for a proxy war 
to be one. Uh, you know, you know, I'm a little bit unusual for uh, for screenwriters is that I, I I have a law degree and an MBA, so so Destiny Bounds, and and I'm I'm from your world, and that's not always that common among screenwriters. So, uh, you know, I have a, I hopefully can bring a little bit of at least screenwriter slash business legal perspective of just a screenwriter with those backgrounds in this environment. But yeah, it is it is hard. But the very fact that uh, that Bob Iger has been doing a lot of the things he's been doing recently, uh, you know, it's very suggestive that he is a, he is he senses a threat. You know, this, this is this is that moment where that that aide comes up, you know, and says, you know, we've analyzed their strategy. You know, that, that when the Death Star, you know, when they keep raiding that little they, that little trench, they're like, why are they sending these stupid little fighters into this trench? It's not going to do anything, right? And they're like, oh, we've analyzed their strategy, and there is a threat. Would you like your, you know, would you would you like your your ship prepared? He's like, evacuate, you know. At our moment of triumph, well, Iger's a little smarter than that. He does recognize that maybe he should have the ship ready, <laughs> and so. But while he's doing that, he's he's prepping some of these events. Now, one of the things I'm I'm going to make is is a criticism. Maybe in the chance Bob Iger is watching, he kind of knows that I've criticized him before. Uh, so, Bob, you can still hire me, maybe. Whatever. But but you know, like, I think Mr. Iger is well known for not being a risk taker. Uh, and in that way, he's very different from certainly the founder of the company and even figures like Michael Eisner, who were controversial, but they did try things. They tried things that were unusual, that were unexpected by the market, sometimes successfully, sometimes not. Cap Cities merger, all of that. But, you know, Mr. Iger has been a played safe kind of guy. He doesn't he likes to go back to the well. Moana, right? <laughs> Go back to what is known. He's not a guy that comes up with a new franchise. He's a guy that buys other people's franchises and kind of lets morons run those into the ground and then he wakes up. Like, oh, maybe I should. Oh, what do I do now, right? So he's in that waking up maybe. moment where a lot of stupid people have that, run. That's, the that's things a really that strong purchased. business strategy, incidentally. <laughs> you know, buying well, things you know, up and letting morons run it into the ground. That really that, happens that, a lot. That does. It, it, it's very common. You know, it's, it's that because... I'm again. I'm going to make a site. Are we have any psychologists on this panel? So I'm completely unqualified to make psychological judgments, right? But I think many CEOs, but with that lack of qualification, that doesn't stop anyone in Hollywood. You know, most people in Hollywood are unqualified for their jobs. And so, you know, and maybe maybe, maybe we bring that to Stryker. So, you know, CEOs, certainly at this level, are often accused of being narcissists and sociopaths and all that. That tends to be true, certainly in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of the fun of being a CEO of a company like Disney is the great joy of going to these premieres and hanging out with cool movie stars and getting the narcissistic fuel of look at me, I purchased Star Wars, right. I own Lucasfilm, right? But then you don't you don't actually care enough to actually put somebody competent in charge of that acquisition, right? You know, because you're, you're just enjoying the accolades, uh, and then then it then crises happen, and and you know suddenly the porthole in the the Death Star becomes. A little bigger than you expected, so we're at that moment. And so, I the very fact that Mr. Iger is doing all of these things suggests that he is a little he is he is been beaten down. I mean, last year has been hard for him. It's been hard for him. Uh, you know, in some way, I was a bit of a fan of Bob Chapek, who I thought was the guy trying to solve all this mess. And when Chapek was removed, uh, you know, Hollywood was very happy because. Bob Chapek, they viewed him as a threat. You know, he wasn't he wasn't an insider. He was he was a numbers guy. They hate those guys, right? He didn't have that flash and charm at the parties. And so they wanted this guy out. And then I, I said, well, Iger's just gonna do what he did because there's no other way to fix his company, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happened. He literally started immediately just implementing the firing and the free hiring freeze and firing everything. And then Hollywood felt kind of betrayed. 
Uh, but Mr. Iger is very good at PR, at least internally in Hollywood. So he, he covered himself. Uh, but we are at a stage where I think Nelson Peltz and these investors, they gave him a shot. They gave him a, they were going after this board seat a year ago. They said, And Iger's like, look, man, I just got back in this job. You, you can't do that to me. You got to give me a chance to prove myself. No. Well, he's had a year of not great success. You know, you know, Indiana Jones will probably, even though no one wants to admit it in Hollywood, it's probably the biggest bomb in history in terms of financial loss, right? It probably is the biggest bomb. We talk, we talk, you know, you know, Ishtar and things like that. This is bigger <laughs> than that in the amount of money that was invested and the amount of money that was lost. Uh, and it's certainly the, such a significant franchise, but the industry kind of doesn't want to face the fact that this is a disaster because he's so charming. Uh, and, well, and he said as much in an interview with CNBC that this has been more difficult than he anticipated coming back. You know, he's he's put that yeah. out there. You know, his boohoo statement is, oh, man, this has been really rough. But he's he's looking and, and we've talked about this here and, and in other places. Iger is looking to salvage his legacy more than anything else as a priority. Yeah. It's, it's not about he's, tech, tech, it's not about saving Disney. It's about saving Bob Iger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't want to be remembered as the guy that called Disney to be, you know, overwhelmed by a shareholder rebellion, to be broken up into separate companies. He doesn't want to be that guy. He doesn't, you know, Gorbachev is remembered a lot more affectionately than this guy is for the break of the Soviet <laughs> Union. He don't, he don't want to be the negative Gorbachev, right? He yeah. don't want that job. And so that's kind of the risk he's facing, which is which is why I agree. I think he's, he's being forced to take aggressive actions. Um, you know, again, a lot of this is PR. A lot of this is because all all voting is PR. You've, you know, the, you've got to convince all these average people to not join the proxy fighters. It's all PR, right? Yeah. And so, and so that's that's what this comes down to, uh, you know. And and I think what will be interesting to see, because I've had certain insider reports that you've seen on my Patreon about what is happening behind the scenes about the Gina Carano lawsuit. But let's be setting aside insider claims of or, or people, you know, saying this is what I've heard. Let's look objectively for a second just at the Gina Carano lawsuit. Objectively, it is in his interest, in my opinion, to settle this very quickly and to give Gina what she's asked for, which is her job back. Because the fans largely want that. I think, you know, the toy makers want that because the toys sell. I think there was a recent re-release of a toy, uh, a, you know, rare edition of Cara Dune, and it sold out instantly. And, you know, that was just like three weeks ago. People still buy these toys. They're not buying Ray toys. And God bless Daisy Ridley, they ain't buying her toys, right? right. They're, they're still buying Cara Dune, and she's a decommissioned character. So it's in everyone's interest except certain people in Hollywood who have put onto Gina uh, an image which I don't think is fair to her. Uh, and they projected onto her that she is an anti-Semite, an anti-LGBT. I don't think any of that is fair and any of that is true. Uh, and I think we've reached a place in culture where we're willing to admit that maybe some of the labels given over the last three or four years were unfairly done by a bit of a mob mentality. And that's kind of what she said in her in her statement about suing is that where the narrative she didn't she went against the narrative as it stood three years ago. And arguably, I think the narrative has changed. I'm here in L.A., and I largely sympathize with a lot of her views. They made me an outsider in the WGA. They made an outsider amongst my screenwriter friends. During the pandemic, I questioned a lot of the restrictions, and my friends were like, shut up, you must be a right-wing crazy Trumper. I was like, no, I'm just rationally looking at some of these restrictions. Do they make sense? Are they achieving their objective or making it worse? 
And now, a couple of years later, people are like, yeah, my, my kid didn't really learn anything. My kid's schooling was put back by the mass. And it, now they're kind of willing well, to admit that, right? It's okay. Let me, <laughs> let, me, let me ask the dovetailing on that, because we've seen a number yeah. of opinion pieces and articles out over the last uh, three months or so that's mm-hmm. kind of wanting to reframe, well, maybe we didn't get it right, but at least we tried. You know, we had the best of intentions. So now you have this new narrative that's building up that, yeah, okay, maybe we made some mistakes during the lockdown, but it's okay. Mistakes we were made. Let, mistakes were made. Not we by me, but by somebody. <laughs> Can that, I mean, that's, I, I'm, I'm asking this out of, out, of, out of ignorance. Can that be brought in? to the trial to show the difference in the the cultural and the environment of here's where we were, here's where we are, and now everybody is admitting that that was the wrong take back then, and I shouldn't have been uh, fired and oppressed because everybody is admitting now that we got it all wrong. Those facts are definitely going to come in. And to be honest... It wouldn't surprise me if they do reach a settlement. Part of that settlement will be trying to get Disney to say that to the public. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And but I'm now now I'm going to give a little counter to that. I'm sure Disney doesn't want to publicly admit mistakes. Disney oh. Iger doesn't like to admit mistakes. So <laughs> and if I were Dina's attorney, I'd be like, just take the job and shut up. That's the apology, right? <laughs> and if I were her attorney, that's what I would tell her: take the job, and that's the inherent acknowledgement of the mistake. Elon Musk, who's paying for this? He's really right. it's Elon. It's Elon Musk, right? If her attorneys might not, not right. I just believe that he is really running the show. <laughs> well, okay, so, so, so now. Let me let me ask this, because Elon has come out now uh, criticizing uh, the the rumor that Disney is looking to replace Johnny Depp in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Again, this is like the third time that this thing has surfaced. There, originally, where's was this rumor coming from? That I, seems to I be improbable, know. considering the Depp is essentially he won his defamation suit and he's yeah. got mass public support. So I don't know where this rumor is coming from. It doesn't well, seem like it's coming from Disney. It's, well, Unless... somebody somebody is talking about a what's her name? A O and and uh, yeah, the, the girl that just won the uh, the awards for the TV show, The Bear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah, her name. Yeah. Okay. But she's she's rumored name, but... now to be the new lead for the next Pirates of the Caribbean. Now we've heard these rumors before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She ain't the leader. She'll be like this other guy. She she'll might be, be the a other co-lead. person in the movie. Yeah. But yeah. Elon she'll be, she'll be the pirate he's fighting and everyone's gonna watch Johnny. Yeah, Come but on. Elon posted a criticism that says Disney sucks when he's talking about this particular rumor. And it, the the implication is, you know, what people are looking at that, saying that maybe he's coming out on Johnny Depp's side now. And that's another, you know, nail in the coffin there in terms of, of his relationship with Disney. You know, it's another poke at the bear. And it, it, that, would, that would seem to indicate that Elon has decided, for whatever reasons, that it's time to take the Walt Disney Company down. Yeah, but there's also poems. So I saw Bob Iger a couple of years ago at a conference, and this was before he took the helm again. It was kind of interesting. But one of the things he talked about at great length was how there was this real strong animosity between Disney and Apple and how he made it his his goal to hook up with Steve Jobs and, and put this whole thing together, which he did. He counts that as one of the great, 
you know, accomplishments of his business life. And I, so this is just a, you know, one of those far out, uh, you know, projections. I'm just guessing ahead. I'm guessing we're going to see a day, one of these days where Elon Musk and Bob Iger are standing side by side and saying, mea culpa, mea culpa, we've put together a deal. We're going to start advertising on X again, and we're all best buddies again, because that's the way Iger operates. And that's ultimately what Elon Musk wants out of this too. I mean, you know, well, he's a right. businessman. I mean, yeah. I mean, Elon people, people he, right, right. Yeah, people he project want, onto Elon. Normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, people, as someone who is, again, a, a, we, I'm always the observer because I'm this libertarian guy in Hollywood. And, you know, unless you are extremely leftist in Hollywood, you're kind of on there. I'm not conservative, I'm libertarian. Even that's too right wing for these people, whatever. But then it's also too left wing for these nutballs on YouTube that I deal with, right? Uh, you know, co present company excluded, right? Okay, you know, so I mean, so I'm in the middle here. I'm just like, I want people to be free and normal, right? So whatever. So I'm looking at Elon. And so the right wing has projected onto Elon that this messianic savior stuff, right? Which I don't think is true right he's got his own personal agenda sure i think he i think he likes being a low-key figure i think he's part of it is a narcissistic fuel of i'm i'm the only one that can fight disney i'm the only one that can, whatever i mean that's part of the, the his pathos that of being one of the richest men in the world good for him right but he I, he ain't in there i i just don't think he's in there to be the man that that he's like he's not the abraham lincoln of this new fourth turning era, right. right? As I think some some of these people want to imagine them to be. Uh, he's a businessman, and you know, and look, his you know, as as I'm going to now say something controversial. No one on the panel has to agree with me. And Wait, what? Are, You've never done that before. <laughs> so, okay. A little background for those who don't know. Uh, I'm one of the few Muslim guys in Hollywood, very openly so. You know, everyone in Hollywood is like, yeah, my grandfather was like a Persian, but I'm I'm not Muslim. I'm I'm, I'm happily that, right? And shocking i'm somewhat sympathetic to the palestinian people as a result of that right so elon's position on lots of free speech on his twitter has made the right wing very happy but then when it's about palestine it's suddenly like yeah you know, you know we're gonna kind of shut that stuff down right and so as a witness to what causes elon will promote on twitter and what he will let remain silenced you know it's clear that he has personal agendas that are not ideologically, he's not a libertarian like I am, where I'm like, let my adversary have a voice. He doesn't give a crap about that. Right. It's like, how is this going to make me money, right? And so, you know, so that's, that's. I think we need to understand who Leon is. So to, to go back to, to your point earlier, uh, with regard to he's running the show, I definitely, you know, he's definitely the one financing this, you know, these, these attorneys are big, they're not LA entertainment lawyers. It's a Washington DC law firm. There's a lot of Supreme Court work. So these are a very political firm that that's defending Gina Carano, right? At the end of the day, uh, and I, I, I can't speak for Gina. I'm just going on intuition. At the end of the day, I don't think personally Gina is in for any crusade. She wants her job back. Yeah. She wants her job back. She said it. She wants to go back to being an actress, to not being labeled as an anti-Semite. And I think she will want that. And I think it's, if it's offered or she'll take it. Elon might be like, no, we're going to fight this for another two years. That's not in her interests. In her interest is they settle it next week. They give her her job back. She's Cara Dune. She's in the film and, you know, in the next Mandalorian movie. That's her interest. And I would hope that at least someone, you know, on her team would be like, yeah, I know. I know the guy financing this lawsuit wants to keep this going. You need to look at what's you're in this for and we have an offer to give you that so let uh, me and i think that offer is about let me ask this what are the odds because elon has put out there who else wants into this could it be part of the strategy that gina carano's lawsuit is the entry point 
we turn it into a class action suit over here. Gina can get her settlement and get her job back and whatnot, and then we just proceed and move forward with the class action suit, and we don't need Gina's part of it anymore. Could that be a possibility here as far as the strategy goes? Conceivably, I, I, but it also goes to what what is what is Elon goals? I mean, what what, what is Elon, Elon Musk's goal? And and that's and you know none of us know that. Does he want to buy Disney at a discounted price after he matters it to death, like he did? You know, trying to do with Tesla. That's what happened with Tesla. I mean, with that, no, with Twitter, he took you know he took Twitter apart so that it would be hopefully be worth less by the time he wanted to buy it. Um, and he was forced into buying it at the price that he gave. He might be pulling the same thing with Disney. I don't know. Do I think he's an Abraham Lincoln type? No, but I think to some degree he does fancy himself a champion for the people, whoever those people might be. Um, you know, he 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 did take take down Twitter because he felt it was being too much of a, a a platform for the woke and not enough for the conservative. But he's not conservative himself. He's kind of, you know, depending what issue he takes, whatever issue he wants. I think I, he is a businessman, but I think to some degree he sees himself a champion of something. I don't know what that something is yet. <laughs> Well, it's 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 in between some idealism and, that you're describing and personal interest, right? So, with regard to a class action suit, I go ahead and do that, and the test will be who's the next person that should be in that class action suit. It should be Melissa Barrera, who was fired from screen for, pri for posting pro pal. Will Elon let her in? If Elon doesn't want her in there, well, maybe this ain't about that, right? Well, is Scream so is see. Scream a Disney product? No, but I'm saying, well, the screen's not. It's not a Disney product. It's okay. you know, but but I'm saying if they, this were to broaden, if isn't Scream isn't, isn't Scream a Miramax? Isn't Scream Miramax? Yeah, yeah. It's a it, it's a it's so Miramax. Right? Does, does, yeah, doesn't it, that it, make it Disney event. then? But doesn't it make it Disney if it's Miramax? Well, it was Skydance that fired her. Okay. okay. So it was Skydance. So I don't know what the dynamic is of that, but I'm just saying that. We will see who, if this class action will certainly reveal his intention, right? That it is that it is part of because what his intention was in August when he announced anybody, anyone who was fired for their political views, come to me. That's what he announced in August. Gina Carano took him up on his offer, right? Yeah. Uh, if there is a class action, we'll see who. I, I don't think. And I don't what think it went that way. I, I think. Again, I think if he actually worked it out with Gina beforehand, I don't think he was hoping she would raise her hand. I think well, they had conversations before that. Well, the I, way the way I I would believe as well. Yeah, yes. the way I understand it from what Gina had posted is that uh, this law firm approached her two months ago and mm -hmm. said, Okay, we think you have a case, let's sit down and talk about it and let's go forward with it. And I think Elon's uh, casting a wide net specifically with regard to Disney um, as far as, you know, who else has been fired. And then that brings to mind the other lawsuits that are not politically motivated. Not They don't have the political component. But you've got Julia Ormond's lawsuit that's still out there. You have Karen McCarthy's lawsuit that's still out there against Lucasfilm. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much of an impact those would have in terms of this particular case, but I, I would assume that it would speak to a certain kind of an environment at Disney that would, that would make it possible for this kind of stuff to happen, right? Could you, could you bring that to bear in this case? Say, look what they did to Julie Ormond. Look what they did to Karen McCarthy. Look what they did. I mean, because that would, that would maybe bolster the sex discrimination part of it. 
or no? Well, okay, so I just want to add then, because I've been avoiding revealing, you know, stuff because it's controversial. Not everyone believes my insider sources, but I do have people inside of Lucasfilm who feed me certain information, right? right. Uh, and there's some things I'm not, they have fed me certain information that I revealed on Patreon uh, and some I'm holding back because I don't want to interfere with Gina's lawsuit, right? Uh, I want her to get what she wants and I don't want to put some things out there that about certain strategies that they have, right? But what I do no, know is that publicly, you're going to be deposed, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're involving yourself. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, it's it's funny. It, it's funny because uh, I said some of this publicly, and then Karen McCarthy's attorney reached out to me a few months ago, and and we've remained in communication since then. But I was like, very much, I was like, you know, I really don't want to be deposed for this, but I'll tell you what I know. <laughs> <laughs> so God bless him. I wish, I wish her success too, right? But uh, but yeah. So who knows? But whatever. It, it, but it, but what I was told by my Lucasfilm insiders a few months ago. Uh, actually, right when Elon made that initial Twitter thing, anybody who's been, you know, who's been discriminated against, who was removed because of postings on X, please let me know. And then Gina responded on his Twitter thread, you know, that kind of reflects who I am, right? That was the initial indication of something going on in August. And at the time, I reached out to my contacts inside Lucasfilm, and they said it was just pure panic. They're like, we don't have the money to deal with this. We're dealing with this McCarthy. We're doing this other stuff, right? We don't, we don't have the money or the PR energy to fight Gina Carano. You know, that was their concern back in August that this would be a PR disaster and just they don't have the resources right now to focus on fighting all these different legal fronts. Uh, and so that is why I remain of the opinion that a settlement is coming soon, right? Because they just don't have the resources, the ability to fight all these fronts that you're talking about. So it's where, interesting. what happens What happens next? I mean, where does this thing go? It, it, how long before we get some kind of a decision because uh, Disney's probably going to have to file some sort of some kind of a counterclaim or a motion to dismiss yeah, or what's so, what's the next thing that happens here? I finally pulled back up the petition. Sorry, I was going to go back to your comments, and this leads into that about the decision on the seventy five thousand and how fast this trial will be. So yeah, confirming they did file this in um, the United States District Court. So they they filed it in the federal court. They have to make sure that it has a seventy five thousand more than seventy five thousand. And they're probably also doing that because it is very, in federal court, you're going to have a much quicker docket. It's, it, I mean, the the judges try to set it on a, a year, like at least around here in our federal courts, they try to set it on less than a year. They'll try to get me to knock myself into nine months to do discovery and get to trial, which is just crazy, <laughs> but it happens. So they will have 30 days unless they get an extension typically to file their response. And then they should have a, uh, they're going to have a hearing essentially with the judge where they will set out that kind of a agenda of what it will look like for everything going forward. And they'll kind of talk about the trial date. They'll set up what days the discovery will be due. And that will be typically a public document unless somebody asks for it to be uh, confidential. But I mean, I, I wouldn't. I would not think that any less than 60 days, at the most 60 days after this complaint was filed, that we should see an answer. And the fact that wow. she's demanded a jury trial, does that indicate that there's a possibility she would not get a jury trial? The fact that she's got to ask for one? Is that is that a, an option? What is that? It's just a legal thing that you've okay. just got to ask for it if you want the jury. Like, either that or... I guess you end up with a bench trial, but you can ask for a jury trial at any time. It's not like she loses it, but. Right. 
and the, the and, and it's in her interest, just like it was in Johnny Depp's interest. Because oh, yeah, to have you know, a jury watch. That's true. Yeah, yeah and the yeah. Pels thing disappeared. I mean, uh, April third is the is the vote on the proxy stuff. That's the annual meeting and all that kind of stuff. So that at least goes away unless he gets elected uh, for a period of time until they start lobbying again for next year. So and so, if so Musk on that, is part of that, if Musk is part mm -hmm. of that, then that's mm -hmm. interesting too. Yeah. So on that now, and now Jason, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the 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 information that was given by my certain Lucasfilm contacts sure. right this week yeah. on when this was and and uh, so before I say this, one thing that I should make clear is that this they're just describing how Lucasfilm and Disney are strategizing about handling this. They're not in any way they're not saying that Gina is in any way involved in these corporate machinations. Gina is just trying to get her rights. Right. So what I'm this little chess game that I'm going to describe to you that they've described to me is not something that Gina is playing. She's just trying to be honorable and get her rights. Right. So I'm just saying, how how would the the slimy, schemy people inside of Lucasfilm and Disney be be responding to this? And so they said to me, my contact said to me that actually this was working out perfectly for them because John Favreau, in their view, uh, who is influential inside of Lucasfilm, you know, is very much wants Gina back. He wasn't on board with her being fired. He created he did created the role for her, Cara Dune. He had given her Rangers of the New Republic. All that has been disrupted. And he much he's still her friend and wanted her back. But you know, because the politics of all and the, and the red line of being accused of anti-Semitism in Hollywood, that's the big red line. It's very hard for him, you know, to be able to bring her back with Kathleen Kennedy still officially on the uh, as the head. And so very much in his interest would be some kind of legal settlement or legal order that forces Disney's hand. So for John is like this lawsuit is great, right? Because sure. this would this will allow my bosses who may be sympathetic to me to say, look, I'm sorry, Kathleen. I know you don't like her. I know it's going to be a little embarrassing for you that if we have to give her back her job back, but otherwise we got to deal with this stupid lawsuit and we have all this drama with these with proxy shareholders. At a, there's a reason this lawsuit is announced one day before the earnings call. Right. There's right. a re it's all strategic. Right. And and the timing that you both just pointed out is we're getting you know, we have about three months, less than three months before this uh, this vote. So that's exactly the perfect window from where we're talking about the federal courts process for us to come to, you know, a settlement right in advance of that. And then my insiders were saying, well, you know, people inside of of, uh, of Iger's office also have this plan that, look, if we can announce a settlement, because, again, they understand that Favreau wants her back and they can see that commercially it's vi it's important, but they need to be able to politically handle it internally with Kathleen Kennedy about bringing this person non grata within Hollywood, you know, not with the fans. How do you bring them back in? And so this this gives them the leverage to say, we don't have a choice. You have a gun on our head. We have to give her her job back and let's just let's just move forward amicably uh, in the same way that, Kat, you know, Scarlett Johansson was able to settle with Bob Chapek a couple of years back. Let's just all move forward amicably and move on. Uh, and so Iger's office, apparently from my sources, is very much like this gives me the leverage I need to then hopefully make an announcement of a settlement and then go say, look, Nelson Peltz, you know, because the general perception is that Peltz and, and Musk are allied. That's more and more news reports are coming to that effect, right? right? That they're at least somehow working together. So maybe one way to think of this lawsuit is not just a Elon Musk lawsuit, that maybe it's a Nelson Peltz attack on Disney, right? So, hey, look, Nelson, the whole Iger's entire strategy has been this guy is an outsider. He doesn't know how to, you know, grease the wheels of Hollywood. He does not shake hands. You know, look how I resolve this big problem with Gina Carano to everyone's satisfaction. 
else can't do that. He has to resort to legal attacks. That's why he's the wrong guy to be having the board because he he pulls the gun out and starts shooting rather than doing the proper Hollywood dance of diplomacy and getting things done. I'm the guy that made this thing go away, right? It's I'm Nixon who went to China, right? <laughs> right. I solved the issue. So, you know, you don't want this Humphrey dude or whatever. You know, I'm the guy to do this, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, so that's what my sources said is the conversations out of Lucasfilm and Disney strategically. And I think that that sound to me is sounds probable. That's how these people think. Yeah. Dan, you're muted. I don't know if you're saying you're saying stuff there. No, no, I no, I agree completely. I think it, it does. It plays into their part. And if he if they can settle this thing in the next six weeks, uh, they they they. I mean, it was ugly that she made these accusations and all that. It raised her public image uh, for having done it. So she comes out ahead, and uh, they all act like they you know just you know solved the problems of the world. Um, and that that makes them look good in this proxy war. So, I mean, I, it, it all fits together pretty well. That none of it is a coincidence, however. <laughs> no ah, you the pivotal thing. I always say on my Patreon, nothing in Hollywood happens as a coincidence. People mm. always think like everyone's just bumbling through life, like like various YouTubers, unlike the gentleman here, right? <laughs> and they're not bumbling through life. These people, these people didn't get to this position by bumbling through life. They chart things out quite far ahead. Yeah. Well, okay. Jason's one of the few YouTubers. I, I tease the YouTubers, but Jason's one of the one I like. I appreciate that. Now, the other the other aspect of this, because I had said at the beginning of the week that we were going to get the earnings call, we were going to do in the trades a bunch of attaboy articles and, and stuff, and then another shoe was going to drop at the end of the week, and that was before the lawsuit got announced. What are the odds, now that you've got the stock price going back up, you know, the, the big sports deal and... And Fortnite and all this, all this stuff that gets announced yesterday, we've got a 2026 release date for the Mandalorian movie. All, all of this stuff, yay us! The stock price is going up. It's certain, you know, it's it's 111 dollars now. What are the odds that another shoe drops toward the end of this week to take that stock? In what price way? Back? I mean, do, well, what not, kind of shoe? Shoe? Uh, shoe uh, what kind? Are you saying something that's in benefit of Iger or something in benefit something of, of that, his adversary? Something that is adversarial to Iger and Disney. If we have another hit like Gina's lawsuit, if something else comes out in order to, you know, kind of take that stock price back down a, a, a notch or two. And get us back where we were before the earnings call. Because the earnings call, it was very clearly signaled when they made the announcement of the sports deal. That was what the earnings call was going to be. And all of the Q&A stuff was focused on that. ESPN and all this other stuff. And nobody talked about anything else. I'm, I'm wondering if something, either this afternoon or tomorrow, going into the weekend, if something else gets announced that's a hit on Disney. Well, I mean, that's it's a black possible. swan. Event. I think I mean, that, yeah, right. It's, it's, it's possible, and they could be look. They, they they could be looking for something. Another another member joining on to the uh, to, to to the to the lawsuit. Um, you know, I don't I don't know what it can be, but it's certainly in it's in the Musk. Um, the, it's in Musk's interest to see the stock price tilt again before it goes back up again. I'm, I think he wants to see them in disarray and not just coming back. Um, but I don't know what that would be and whether or not it's going to be this week or next week or, you know, in two weeks. That, I don't think there, I don't think it needs to be this week necessarily. No, I think they have a window. 
I mean, one thing we should just remember is Iger is a survivor. You know, he's 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 a guy that that literally, you know, he's the guy that was removed and weaseled his way back in, right? I mean, well, he never this left. guy's not your typical. <laughs> this guy, this guy doesn't like to go away. He doesn't like to lose. And like you said, this is his entire legacy, uh, you know, at stake here. And so when that happens, somebody like this gets real ruthless, right? Yeah. Because this is this this is the whole but game. Musk is, but Musk is ruthless also. Musk is ruthless. He doesn't like to lose either. Okay, and so I, I correct. But there's one guy against a wall. Musk will be fine if he loses his battle. Iger loses his battle. It's the game for him. Yeah. So who is who do you think that Iger is willing to sacrifice in order to come out ahead on this? I'll say it. I think he'll sacrifice Kathleen Kennedy. He doesn't like her. She hasn't managed Lucasfilm properly. The Indiana Jones was a disaster. The fans don't want her. Nobody actually wants her there except whatever power structure she's got, whatever contract she has there, whatever videotapes from the 1986 party that she has, right? Whatever she's got that's keeping her there, you know, is an annoyance to him. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, my my people inside Lucasfilm were like, this is, this is, they view this as a boxing in of Kennedy because she's trapped no matter what happens. If they, if this lawsuit moves forward, if it goes to, if it actually goes to discovery, uh, you know, I was told that Luke, my people know Lucasfilm said they're securing her emails so that no one deletes them, that they have to have them ready for discovery. So there's, as we all know, from what happened to, you know, Amy Pascal, there people say a lot of stuff on email in Hollywood that they don't, yeah. everything's going to come out, right? And a lot of embarrassing stuff. Amy Pascal lost her studio job when some embarrassing things came out. Emails are the, are the sword that destroys everyone. Yeah. So if this moves to discovery, emails will, will inevitably humiliate Kathleen Kennedy and embarrass her and make her leave in a way that Pascal did, which is under cloud. She doesn't want that. And if this is settled, what's going to happen if Gina Carano walks back into the office at the Presidio? It's going to show that Ms. Kennedy has lost all power to prevent this thing from happening because yep. there's clearly very personal animosity between those two women, right? And so what's what Kathleen going to do? The wise thing to do would be to retire honorably in grace before you're humiliated like that. Yep. So my people are like, this is an effort to box her in and get this character out of Iger's life. He doesn't care about Gina one way or the other. This is all strategy for him to get rid of her. All right. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to have to get rid of Dan because he's got uh, other meetings that he's got to get to. So Dan, uh, let people know where, where, uh, where anybody can find you there. I will give you the floor. Right. The, the, the name of the company's Family Investment Center. We're in St. Joseph in Kansas City, although we manage money for people all across the country. And it's real easy, www.familyinvestmentcenter.com. Okay? All right. And thanks. And, and Great we discussion. Will, uh, we you. will have the link in our notes for that. Dan, thanks very much for being here. Good to see you again. Uh, we'll definitely have you back. So, all right. Always fun. Thanks. Take care, Dan. All right, so uh, so let me circle back here to the emails because uh, on on Culture Casino stream several several weeks ago, a couple of months ago, Jay Drunk Three PO, he came out and he dropped in just unexpectedly, and gave us a very very interesting little nugget. We've talked about this a little bit before you got here, Cameron, about this batch of emails that somebody is in possession of. And Jay said that there is a, and I will quote, a nuclear bomb that's yet to go off. And I would expect that something in those emails uh, compromises either 
Kennedy or Iger or both. Is that what you're talking about in terms of the different emails that you're hearing about? I mean, I, I all I can tell you is what my sources told me, and they pretty much told me the same story. Uh, they actually told me uh, uh, what that bomb could be, and I, I'm not at liberty to discuss it. It's it's bad. If this, and I definitely don't want to make accusations of the of the nature. But sure. if what they claim to me is true, then there's certainly legal implications, as in as in criminal implications of certain activities. Uh, I will say it's associated with this very nefarious and strange project, the the acolyte, which never goes away, never gets made. <laughs> right? It's always haunting, like this dark cloud with no stars in it, and the showrunner is gone. Yet it's still in the works, and it's related to that project. And just a reminder that Leslie Headland, who was the the alleged creator of that show was Harvey Weinstein's personal assistant and, you know, arranged for a lot of things well, as that, in that job. And some of those emails kind of go into that area. You know, it's funny too, because I saw, I caught a, I caught a video from Doomcock now here not too long ago that was talking about uh, Acolyte. And it would appear that there's more footage that has been shot than we originally thought. Are you, are you hearing anything in terms yeah, of, no, I heard that this summer. Initially, I'd heard it was just a sizzle reel, but it's apparently not. It's not a full show, but it was more than that. And the the last I heard was John Favreau saw the footage is, and then he ordered some reshoots. He's like, "This is garbage." He saw the and he saw the reshoots. He's like, "This is still garbage." Yeah, I don't want to release it. That's the last I heard. If Favreau doesn't want to release this thing, it'll it'll mess up his efforts to to put this franchise back on track. But there are certain um, characters involved in this that are trying to compel that to happen. And that's what those emails relate to. And they're, they're somewhat nefarious figures. We will so now we enter the Illuminati well, kind of stuff, but right. you know, you know it, it is what it is, right? <laughs> you know, Disney's like its own country. So secret cabals kind of happen. Right? Yeah. It just, it just happens. Now, well, you just want, we just want to hear more from you. We want you to tell us. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't want to, yeah, we don't I don't want, want to get it in my head. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> here's here's the thing, though, because you have not just this stuff. I mean, the Reedy Creek stuff is still hanging out there. You know, it's not just Iger wants the Gina Carano thing to go away or the Julie Armand or Karen McCarthy or anything. Reedy Creek, I think, is the biggest out of all of these issues that he's got to contend with because that has... You know, that has criminal ramifications. If if it comes to light that the Walt Disney Company was involved in 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 committing fraud uh, on top of everything else, you know, bribery, conspiracy, whatever they they that comes out as far as as far as that goes, that's an even bigger headache. And that's still kind of hanging out there. Yeah, that that their lawsuit against uh, Florida got tossed. They could re resubmit or refile or or do whatever it is their next thing is, but you still have the state of Florida investigating all of this, and there could be something that comes out of that, and 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 maybe that comes to light here between now and April third when the shareholders are supposed to take a vote. What what are the odds that something comes comes out of that in that time frame? Do you think? Because like you said, there are no coincidences. It's all strategic. Yeah, I mean, Judah, what, what do you think? From a PR perspective, uh, certainly a, that kind of, what, what's interesting for me from a PR perspective, I want to get your response, is let's say there is revelation or accusation of criminal malfeasance in re- relationship to Reedy Creek. 
Uh, one of the challenges I faced in presenting the information that I've had, so I grumbled about YouTubers because a lot of them didn't want to hear the information that Jason will let me present, right. you know, that, that I've gotten because they don't, because their paradigm doesn't allow them to think that corporations would behave in this way. But, you know, having worked in Hollywood 23 years, there are criminals. <laughs> there are people that mismanage money. There are people that behave uh, inappropriately. We all know that. I've certainly worked in the industry. You've often worked with people. You're like, I don't, I can't introduce this person to my family. This is, this is kind of a sleazy guy. And so if those revelations start coming out, I think it'll shake up a lot of people's perceptions of that this is just a business poorly managed mega corporation that there, you know, that there are people there who are doing things that are of illegal activity. If it's things like bribery and whatever, you know, that certainly opens up to could there be shady financiers for individual projects like the Headlands project, right? It, it, I think, opens the public up to the possibility of rethinking how all of this is actually happening. Is it just corporate malfeasance or is there criminal activity? And I think that's a shake up to people's paradigm. And I, I don't believe for one second that Disney's lawyers aren't aware of these things looming. And that's why they don't want to go to discovery because whether it hangs Kathleen Kennedy, whether it hangs Bob Iger, Chappick, whoever, whoever, they, they, you know, they might want to use it as a leverage to get, to get Kennedy out. But as a company as a whole, they can't have that stuff come out because not one person is responsible. There's a lot of heads going to roll on that. And, you know, then, then it goes to congressional hearings as well. <laughs> do, do you want stuff like that? Do you really want that exposed to the public? And, and I, I think Disney knows better. And I think their lawyers are well aware of what you might be aware of, but probably know for sure. And yeah. I, I think they can, and you know, they're, they're not going to, they can't, they're, 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 this is not the age where they can delete these things anymore. They know there's plenty of stuff on the cloud. They're not going to try that. That'll just get them in more trouble. I think move to not have it, have it come out. And that's, you know, give Gina Carano what she wants pay her salary, bring her back on and shut this deal down and, and try to push, push, push the trial off as far as possible. Oh, they will. I, I would suspect that if they can't get this settled in about six weeks, I would suspect they're going to file a motion to dismiss on that protected activity. They're yeah. going to force the judge to make a legal call on whether that actually the situation is actually a protected activity as decided and more or less the judge will probably say it's a factual issue but that will at least buy them time um right. if they can't get it settled so let me let me ask this in terms of what comes out if it does not go to trial and if we don't have discovery and if there's a settlement what are the odds that some of this stuff still leaks out into the public at some point whether it wouldn't be coming from any official channels it would be i heard i heard somebody told me this and and oh look i suddenly have this email that i don't know where it came from and what does it say oh crap what what are the chances that something like that would happen in the case of a settlement where everybody gets gagged you know what? As long as there's TMZ and Daily Mail out there willing to pay someone a hundred thousand dollars for an email. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And 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 because in the case of Gina, because there are people inside of Lucasfilm who are ideologically opposed to her, I think a lot of those people have been let go. But there's still some of these characters there. I think they I, we already see on some of their social media activity. They're quite upset that Gina is doing this because they're feeling a little afraid and they're kind of maybe sensing she might win this or in the sense of coming back in. Those are the kind of people that, you know, will be a fifth column, because even if Disney settles this out with her, 
there are people that dislike her inside the company. They'll be like, right. well, let me, are right, you going to do that? I'm going to leak this thing out. Yeah, yeah but that stuff's not about Gina necessarily. That, that's right. not going to hurt Gina. It's going to hurt. The no, but, it, but it then it just comes revenge on like, well, screw Iger kind of right. thing, right? You know? right. Yeah. Right. Well. <laughs> so how, how much spills onto Iger? How much of it splashes onto, onto Chapek, though? I mean, can, he, can, can Iger make the case? Well, all of this happened on Chapek's watch. I didn't know anything about it, even though he's been sitting you know, in that office. All, it, it, timeline matters, but also he's the head and he was there before. But now they're, they're going to say that he's part of the institutional problem that allowed it to happen in the first place. I, I don't think he can get it. He, can, he can't escape saying I wasn't part of it. Yeah. I think that even if he's not necessarily implicated, he, he, it's not like he just showed up at Disney yesterday. He's He's been at Disney for a while, you know, in and out. He's been part of the system. He's hired a lot of these people. I, he, he's institutional there. I don't think he could claim anything like that. But if you look at Gina's uh, Twitter thing, you're absolutely right, Judah. If you look at Gina's Twitter thing, it almost feels like she's giving him an out. In her Twitter thing, she's like, this was, she says it, this was done by the former regime. It's almost like, you yeah. can settle with me and say, put it on Chapek, right? And the and the poor dude is, Chapek is kind of sympathetic to her politics. That's the irony <laughs> of all of us, right? <laughs> and Iger is not. <laughs> well, and that could be a strategic signal from her team basically saying, you know, like you say, giving him an out. Basically, it's like, okay, we're going to meet you halfway, you know, three quarters of the way, uh, uh, an eighth of the way, but you got to play ball or else. Do you think do you think Elon ends up buying enough stock in a way that people know that he now has ownership in in the company? You think that's his ultimate goal here? Well, maybe that was what happened yesterday. Maybe the stock soaring was this dude buying it up. I mean, nobody's made that just that just came to me. What if this dude just buying it up? That's why the stock went up. Yeah. I don't think though he. I don't think he wants to be in the business of running Disney though. I, not like not like Twitter or Tesla. I don't think he wants to be in the business of running it. I, I think he's doing it to 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 upset the system and to make it to to, to cre create headlines, create buzz, and maybe maybe make some change, maybe create some value, more value for himself. I don't know, but I don't think he. I don't think ultimately his goal is to run Disney. Oh, yeah. I think I think he's concentrating so much on SpaceX right now that that Disney would be a a, a distraction for him. But he could put somebody in place as CEO. I, I, I wonder, too, when you get to the, to the April 3rd shareholders meeting, is there a possibility that the shareholders decide a vote of no confidence for the entire board? Can, is that an option? I mean, Disney puts up the board that they've got right now. Tryon has got Nelson Peltz and Jay Rasulo they want to put on the board. And, and Black, Blackwell's uh, has their group that they want to put on there. What if the shareholders sit there and go, uh, none of the above. Let's just vacate the entire board and start all over again. Can they do that? Is that an option on the? Uh, that, well, that's the, what I'm asking. I don't know. Is I don't know that. Can they do it? I, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we lost Dan because I I don't I I don't Dan have the proxy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have the voting the voting uh, material in front of me, and sadly, I sold my Disney shares a long time ago when they got rid of Bob Chapek. I like that guy, right? Uh, the, 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 the man who's going to be crucified for all of this. I kind of still like him, but uh, but you know what? He's sitting on a he's sitting on a beach and you know in, in the Caribbean right now, <laughs> sipping martinis, going have fun, Bob. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Good luck to you. But no, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn because I haven't seen the voting proxy materials. I don't know what mm -hmm. the possibilities are. 
I would, my instinct just from what I've heard, and this is not professional MBA stuff, I just don't know. I'm thinking it's probably just the options of here's our board. You, you either support this slate of candidates or, you know, Nelson slate of candidates or, uh, you know, or this, this, this third, I, I don't know if anyone has the organizational ability to come for a, maybe that's your black swan. Somebody else comes out and says, you know, fire all the bums, right? Some new investor comes out and your black swan and says, here's my new proxy war. Here's yeah. my list of 12 new directors. Right. I think that was what you would need to replace them. Somebody would actually have to present a list. Well, but if Elon, if Elon is now involved after after Peltz and Tryon said we want Peltz and Rasulo on the board, then Elon gets involved. We we haven't seen what that involvement entails. What if his involvement now evolves into well, not just Nelson and Jay. We want to replace all of you. If, if he's the driving factor on that, to sit there and go, well, it doesn't go far enough. We got a clean house. Could Does he, he have time though? Would he can, would, can 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 someone new show up with a new proxy battle now that I don't know I don't know what the what the SEC timing on is is on I don't this. know I don't know that's 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 a question I would have to I'll send I'll send Dan an email and ask him yeah. uh, to to clarify on that because I don't I'm I'm not sure somebody yeah this Kurt Russell thing people have been saying you know put Kurt Russell in charge of Disney. Because Walt Disney took a shine to him. I mean, it was was basically a, a you know mentor protege relationship long time ago. And there's a there's a rumor. I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but apparently some some story out there that Walt Disney on his deathbed, uh, one of the last things that he said was Kurt Russell, and almost like almost like Kurt Russell is the is the 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 chosen one or something and he's a fairly libertarian guy he doesn't get involved in politics he doesn't talk about much uh in the media yeah when he does interviews he, i mean he's been doing interviews about monarch but he's been talking about monarch he hasn't he hasn't been talking about anything else he's now santa claus i mean you know he he's he's looked pretty favorably uh, by everybody, and this just came out at left field. Would you put somebody like Kurt Who's Russell? Who's promoting this? I, I, I mean, this is just I mean, some I mean, random this stuff that like, I've this seen. This sounds like crazy, crazy Looney Tunes stuff. I mean, I'm well, going to be straight. I mean, this Cameron, is I, I, it's, I have, I have this. it's 2024. Crazy Looney stuff is, I mean, my bingo card, I said, is, but of course. that I got one square on my bingo card that says, but of course. I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that anything is is too crazy at this point, really. I just don't, I don't know if I Russell mean, would be interested in are, it. Are the it, Disney would, the millions of Disney shareholders going to vote for Kurt Russell? I, I don't know. The, I mean, I, come on, man! Now we're entering past the twilight zone here. I, I don't know. Well, at least could you could could he be nominated to go onto the board? Maybe not necessarily a CEO, but let's add him to the list with Peltz and Rosulo, because he's been there for so long. You know, he was associated with Disney back when he was a kid, and then when he was a teenager, you know, the the computer wore tennis shoes and all these other things that he did with family programming, you know, family movies and whatnot. Maybe it's not such an outlandish thought to get him involved in leadership in somehow. Maybe? Oh, 
Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I'm just gonna say no. I just, I mean, I think you know. Look, I, li- I dwell in a world of weird conspiracies and shady people <laughs> and financing Disney projects. But even this is a little on the outside for me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say no. This is not, this is not one of the the timelines we're facing here. All right. Well, speaking of time, it is uh, it is two o'clock. We're in our we're getting into our third hour, which is usually when we do open line. Uh, but if you guys want to stick around and keep talking about this, we'll we'll keep going on this because there's still I mean, what what else? Where do we go from here? I mean, what do you think happens next? Yeah, I, mean, we, I think next is going to be legal filings. Legal filings, and then a move towards settlement privately before it becomes public. Yep, I think that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible that that federal court could also. It just kind of depends what one, because in Missouri, we have uh, ordered pre pre mediation, mm-hmm. and I would be curious to know if that's California. Yeah, they may order yeah. pre mediation. They may not, because Kansas doesn't do that, but Missouri does for us. Okay. So I got one other thing here. And Cameron, I want to get your your response to this, especially, but everybody everybody can have a uh, reaction to this because I don't know what this is. But Empire Magazine has posted this on Twitter. It is a graphic that says "Hello there," and they're posting. They say tomorrow, four p.m., and they've clarified this is Greenwich Mean Time. Whenever this thing happens. I don't know what this is. Nobody seems to know what this is. But the fact that it's in this font, this color, and it's hello there, which is what Obi-Wan is famous for saying, the implication is there's some kind of a Star Wars thing that's going to get announced tomorrow. Am I am I reading into that wrong? I mean, what does this say to anybody else? Because Empire Magazine is in the UK. It's above my pay grade. <laughs> I mean, my instinct is look. I mean, I don't think we any of us turn to Empire Magazine for breaking news. I just don't. I mean, it's. I yeah. mean, it's a lovely magazine. But you should interview me, guys, if you're watching. <laughs> but it's a lovely magazine. But we're not turning to it for like you know, you know, the, the Watergate. You know, the, the you know the Pentagon. You know, the the Pentagon Papers. We're not turning to that, right? Yeah. So it strikes me. This strikes me as they probably have like you know an interview with, with the actor, right? You know, who's playing Obi Wan. I mean, that's that's what it is. Like, oh, we've got this great new interview, right? I think. That's about as far as you those think guys that's are all it could go? be is just an interview. We got an interview with Ewan McGregor, but why? Why, if that's the case, why would they do it in in a Star Wars framing here? Because he's done more Maybe than just Star Wars. Create, because you're, because you're talking about it now. Maybe they're just trying to hype it. That's well. It's that, a hype. That's, that's, that could be. I mean, this is more. This is more attention than Empire's ever gotten. <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> Uh, what if it's what if it's uh, what if it's Kenobi season two? <laughs> is they gonna announce that in Empire Magazine? I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that maybe I'm gonna be swallowing my laughter tomorrow? I don't know. You know, maybe they'll announce George Lucas has bought Lucasfilm tomorrow. I I don't know. You know, I I've learned that often laughter. He who laughs last is, is the true power in Hollywood, right? So yeah. maybe they're gonna have the last laugh tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know. It just it just seems really. I mean. Remember what I said about this, you know, some other shoe about to drop and then this thing gets posted today. I'm like, that's, you know, Cameron, you said there are no coincidences. So I don't know. Right. But, I mean, but what can possibly drop that's based on that? What could drop that's hurtful to Disney on there? An well, interview with you and McGregor well, and that. Not necessarily what's hurtful to Disney. What could what could help? 
It, it could be something that's Disney positive. Well, that's probably what it would be because Empire ain't exactly a mover and shaker that's trying to overthrow the system, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not what it is, right? It's basically the Us Weekly, uh, you know, of, of, of film magazines, right? right? So it ain't, it ain't about to be doing that, right? So uh, so I, I just... Yeah. It just strikes me as really it's weird that this We're grasping for straws here in the final hour. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it just, it just strikes me as odd, the timing of it, because, you know, we've, you know, we've got the, we've got the lawsuit, we've got the sports stuff, we have the earnings call and now, and, and then this, and it could be something completely insignificant. Maybe they're just trying to glom on to all of the Star Wars chatter this week, but. Uh, this would be a good idea for them if they wanted to get some recognition. Yeah, and I'll, but a lot of people are sitting there going, "What is? What is this? What are, What are you doing? What is this about?" So I guess we'll find out tomorrow uh, at four p.m. Maybe they're going to announce the, the settlement. Maybe they're announcing Disney's settlement offer. <laughs> there you go. That could be. Empire, they gave Empire Magazine the scoop because you know they've got those videotapes from nineteen seventy-five. It's, of it's in the UK. So we're gonna give it to you. you know, it's in the UK. Maybe it's a big photo spread for the acolyte. <laughs> um, you know, you know. Okay, you know I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Well, let's just just say my my sources are saying that whatever the the shady figures involved, uh, the acolyte, are all in in the UK. So that that would be interesting, but then that would mean that you know I need to keep my mouth real shut right now because right. well, I, I, I you know I will I, I will honor know. that. Um, okay, yes. so do do y'all want to stick around for the third hour or or head out and we can just start taking a call? I, I got to go, my friend. Me okay. too. I'm sorry. Thank you. Jason. No, that's all right. All right. So, Destiny, we'll we'll give you the first uh, the first chance here. Let's uh, tell people where people can find you and and learn more about your practice. Absolutely. Yeah. So you guys can find me at www.boundsbusinesslaw.com. So pretty easy. But you can also follow me on Instagram, legal.fluence. Um, and I have Facebook. That's Bounds Law LLC. And then also on LinkedIn, which is just my name and. Bounds Law LLC as well. Would love to follow you guys. Um, I do a lot of different business stuff, but if you need help, I also do anything across the country for intellectual property. So thanks, guys. All right. And Judah, Harold PR up in New York. Harold PR up in New York. Yes, I do a lot of you know, straightforward, basic communications and public relations work, but a lot of crisis communications for high net worth individuals and companies that are often... Um, find themselves in front of a judge in a courtroom and juries sometimes for criminal or for uh, white collar, white collar criminal or sometimes civil matters. And I help them with their communication strategies. All right. You can find me on www.heraldpr.com. All right. And uh, Cameron, sell your Patreon. <laughs> so please, I mean, so those who want to get a little bit more insight that I'm publicly willing to share on some of these rumors and uh, and gossips that I've heard, and also from my my insights or opinions on Hollywood after two decades of having my punch face by this system and still surviving, right? Please come join my Patreon. I'll throw a link on it. It's Patreon slash my name, Cameron Pasha, K-A-M-R-A-N-P-S-H-A. I'll drop a link into the chat, uh, you know, and you can all hopefully come join. We've got a really nice, lively community. There's quite a few members of the Patreon actually in the chat right now. So, so welcome to them. All right. And we do have links to everybody's uh, sites in our notes as well. Uh, so you can find uh, all of that there. And we will definitely be doing this again. Destiny, welcome to the club. Yes. Thank you for having me on. Like, seriously, this was such a pleasure. All right. Judah, Cameron, thanks for being here, gentlemen. And uh, care, we will be back. <sighs> We're going to throw this open to... Uh, 
to uh, the uh, the open line. So don't go anywhere. Uh, stand by and, and all that good stuff. Uh, we'll be right back. Live from the bunker, the show where everyone knows Han shot first. Hi, everyone. Jason Hunt here, taking a moment to say thank you for listening to this program on the podcast player of your choice and to invite you to watch the show as it unfolds live on our various video platforms. Not only will you get to see the visual references we have, but you also have a chance to interact with us through the chat widget and during the open line hour when you can call in and be part of the show. Join us live from the bunker Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern U.S. only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Everybody say hi, Todd. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here along with all of you. Very lively chat today. Glad to have everybody with us today. If you are here very first time, welcome. We're glad you're here. And hopefully you stick around because we have a good time here, mostly. Mostly. And this third hour is where we do what's called open line, which means I go out on a limb and I put my life in your hands uh, by offering up the chance for you to join the show and so here's what we're going to do i'm going to put these uh i'm going to put these links here in the chat at the various different places here and i'm going to pin it to the top and people can jump in and you can be a part of the program if you so choose now you don't have to nobody's got to be there nobody's got to come in uh Mazra says uh enjoying the show down with hondo I, I just I just reported. Uh, Keely says, Todd looks like a Cowboys fan still waiting for the next Super Bowl victory. I don't, I don't know. Does, does Todd look like a Cowboys fan? I mean, he's wearing a Cowboy hat, but he's, he's, I don't, it's not blue. It's not silver. It's an old Cowboy hat. It used to fit my head when I was a kid. We'll see. I don't know. I, you know, it is going to be interesting to see because right now the 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 stock price on Disney is tapering off. It's now down a little bit, one hundred and ten dollars. Uh, so we'll see uh, what goes on with that. I was hoping to get Mexican Iron Man on here, but apparently he's he's not got a good connection or something. So uh, so we missed out on that. But uh, we're going to keep keep tabs on it. But the, yeah, the stock price right now is sitting at a hundred and ten. It's some change, 110.45 a share, 110.35 a share. It's going down. Let's look at the one day. It's kind of, it kind of looks like it's peaked. It's on its way down. We'll see. I don't know. So, <coughs> all right. Michael's joining the call. Uh, good to have you here. Hello. How are you, sir? 
ah, I'm doing okay. Finally, my computer's working. I only can't, I only, uh, something's going on over here. Anyways, I caught most of what you guys were talking about with regards to the, uh, hello, Mrs. Boss. Uh, the, um, what are you do- uh, with, with regards to, uh, the conversations from the, uh, earn- from the, uh, first quarter call yesterday. And I saw most of the first quarter call yesterday. What are you doing? Oh. He's getting more and more attention these days. His ratings are just going higher. Keely, this is your fault. I blame you. I'm going to blame Keely. <laughs> I I'm blaming so, I'm blaming Keely for this. All right. So my my bad joke for the day and get it out of the way is more an observation. Uh, I keep th- I'm starting to think that like uh, that Perlmutter and uh, Peltz and Elon Musk, they're like the three guys in Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens is that, um, and specifically, I want you to, you know, su- as they say, like they do when they substitute people's faces, mm-hmm. um, I-, I want everyone to think of Elon Musk at, when, um, when uh, at that one uh, book conference, I think it was, when he told... Uh, when he when he told Iger to go f himself, right? That that uh, just imagine that uh, that they're in Goodfellas, and that um, and Elon Musk is like Robert De Niro. You know, it was then that it was then that uh, Musk decided to go and off the rest of us <laughs> for that for that Lufthansa heist. <laughs> Well, I think I think that's I think that appearance at the book summit is a critical turning point for some of this because when when Elon comes out publicly and says that and specifically singles out Bob Iger, something mm-hmm. something shifted at that point. And and the advertising exactly. the advertising money and all of that stuff, I don't think really matters that much to to musk in the grand scheme of things i mean yeah it hurts the bottom line for the company but he'll make that money back somebody else will decide to advertise but for him to come out and say hi bob you know he's specifically aiming his comments at bob Iger and the disney company and then for him to show up at at, at this premiere with pelts and his family there is a strategy. There is a clear shot across the bow with regard to you know uh, the the Disney and what Elon has pl- planned. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes beyond just the lawsuit. I think it's more than you know, e- e- whether it's whether it's Gina's lawsuit or it's a class action lawsuit or whatever. I think there's more to it than just that. I, I think there's there's strategy in you know because he even hinted you know that it was like well what are you doing here at this at this movie screen he's oh i'm just hanging out with friends thinking about companies to acquire and and he was this kind of cheeky coy before he bought twitter and i think that he's maneuvering to at least to acquire at least some influential amount of shares uh, in the Walt Disney Company, maybe not so much to to control the company, but certainly to have some influence over it. Right, and that's what I'm saying. When uh, everyone looks, when everyone's looking at this whole thing and going, "Hmm, how long?" You know, like uh, 
besides the idea of uh, follow follow the money, it's, it's exactly my I why I brought up that imagery from Goodfellas. How long? How long? You know, you freeze the frame because you're, when you're looking back at it, how long has Elon really been, really you know um, really been thinking about not not about um, Iger and Disney specifically that has more come later on but he already knew when he bought uh when he bought x or twitter you know gotta go with the times when he bought x um uh, a while back he already knew what he was getting into with regards to the um uh with regards to the whole uh conversation and politics and and you know like uh freedom of speech issues in that right so the so i this would be the um you know i i don't think that mo i don't think that everyone plays 40 chess um but some people do and i'm not crediting necessarily that elon musk uh uh had this as a plan from the get-go i'm simply saying that this came with this came with the territory of him buying X in the first place. So what? So I think it's a I, well. It? I think it's did, an opportunity here. I think he sees an opportunity to do something that affects it. One, it gives him another another company that he can be a part of. But also, you stop and consider how much the the Walt Disney Company's reputation has been harmed over the last few years because they're no longer perceived as a family-friendly company anymore, right? That's mm -hmm. that's what Walt Disney built this thing on is, you know, Snow White and Disney princesses and Peter Pan and, and all these cartoons and, and, and stuff for families to enjoy. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that Musk probably sees an opportunity that, hey, I can be the hero here. I can, be, I can save the Walt Disney Company from itself, Add, you know, this whole restore the magic thing that Tryon partners are doing. This is this is one of those things where we need to get the Walt Disney Company back to its former glory, as it were. And he sees an opportunity to be a part of that. Right. And, and he the, and, and everybody wins except Bob Iger. Except, right. Or Kat, or Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think I, I think Kathleen Kennedy is a non-entity at this point. Uh, you know, if if all of the stories that we're hearing are true, and I, I say a, a big if, then she's probably no longer even in charge at Lucasfilm. She's a figurehead. If if that's true, if she's right. got well, the 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 no fire clause or whatever else, whatever's coming out of Gina's uh, lawsuit could give Iger the leverage he needs, like Cameron was saying earlier, could give Iger the, the leverage he needs in order to actually finally get her out. And, and if that happens, then it's basically going to be her announcing her retirement. And uh, what was it? We saw her, the house that she was trying to sell in Malibu uh, has mm -hmm. finally come under contract, according to reports. So that's moving forward. So she's selling the house, and you know if her contract with Lucasfilm is up in October anyway, I wouldn't see where you know she couldn't go ahead and announce her retirement, and it, maybe that's part of the settlement deal if they if if everybody decides to settle. Uh, uh, that was another thing that I um I brought up during the uh, 
I brought up in uh, YouTube during uh, your discussion with the other with the other panelists, and that was the um, and you know the part about remember in August uh, when pa uh, Cameron was going on about uh, other things going on in August. One thing that he that um, was also going on right at that moment in August was the audit against uh, Kathleen Kennedy's uh, and Lucasfilm and that that the auditors had gone in and they and that's when they locked her out of uh, out of her office and records yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, and uh, um, oh, and this is not a joke for today, but another one for imagery. If uh, you recall uh, a movie from the 80s uh, ca called Dave. Oh, yeah. With yeah, uh, with, with Kevin Klein. Yeah. And uh, about how um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, about how um, the president of the U.S. Uh, ended up going unconscious due to due to um, uh, and into a coma because of one of his affairs, and then um, the chief of staff, who was played by Frank Langella, uh, was uh, was uh, kind of like he found uh, a lookalike, and then they were doing the the lookalike, and I keep thinking that um, that it's one of those things if they. Uh, if they oust, uh, if they do end up ousting people out of uh, uh, out of the uh, Disney, I keep thinking it's going to be just like uh, Ke Kevin Klein uh, go going like you know he he ended up taking Frank Langella down with him and then pretended to go into a coma so he could go back to his or uh, right. ordinary life. So I'm thinking that maybe that's what um, I'm not thinking. I'm hoping that that's what Bob Iger will do when he's got nothing when he's got nothing left except to to save any shred of dignity left that he takes other people down with him. Oh, I hope that's what yeah, happens. There's there's no question. <laughs> there's no question that Iger is a political animal, first and foremost. And everything that he has been trying to do since he came back has been uh, with the objective of saving Bob Iger's legacy. And it's like we were talking about. He he's not he's not trying to save Walt Disney for the for the sake of the Walt Disney Company. He's not trying to save the company right. because of that. He's trying to save the company so he has something that he can run for president on. He wants a legacy of something other than the total destruction of one of the most family friendly, influential, successful companies of the, in in the history of the United States. Mm -hmm. And and that's all it is. And you're right. If, if he if he has to sacrifice uh, anyone for anything, he, he will sacrifice anybody for that objective. If it gets him to the point where he can have a political career, that's that's mm -hmm. the end game. I think for Bob Iger is being the Democrat candidate for president. Whether it's, I mean, it's not going to be 2024 because no. he's got to save his company. But 2028, sure, why not? Uh, you know, he won't be too terribly stupid old at that point. He can still do well, it. But well, it he's depends, got to, it depends he's how got stupid to have, old he can get. Yeah, but he's <laughs> got to have a win here before anything else. And it's not just Gina's lawsuit, it's all of the other lawsuits, it's the Reedy Creek stuff. It's the box office performance for all of the stuff that they're putting out. All, all mm -hmm. of this is of a piece. And in, in it, any of it, it's a big house of cards, and any of it falls apart, the whole thing comes crashing down. 
And he's, you know, with him saying this has been a whole lot tougher than I expected it to be, he's he's fighting an uphill battle as it is in order to save his legacy. He knows that mm-hmm. it's going to be tough, and I I would submit that he's not going to manage to do it. I think he's done. I think I think this proxy war is eventually going to take its toll, whether it happens on the April 3rd vote or if it's a year from now. I think Bob Iger is done. I think the writing's on the wall, and it's just a matter of time before he gets replaced as CEO because none of the decisions that he's been making since he came back has has done enough to help the company. Now, this sports thing that they announced on Tuesday... And, mm-hmm. and, you know, the earnings call and look at how great we're doing and all that. Yeah, that's going to give the, the stock price a bump. But I would I would say it's probably not even going to be a week before it drops back down into the low 90s per share. Bob Iger cannot save the Walt Disney Company. Well, that's, not that's in the my, image that he wants. I don't think he can do it at all. I don't think that he can make mm. any kind of a decision or any kind of a strategy that will save the Walt Disney Company from itself. He is an albatross on the neck of the company right now. And a part of that has to do with the fact that the, the board of directors is acting in a way that seems like they're answering to him rather than him as CEO answering to the board, which is how it should be. The board right. of directors should be his boss. And we don't see any indications that's the case. Now, mm-hmm. when, when Chapek was there... And the board of directors was there. Susan Arnold was chair of the board. You know, you got a little bit more of a sense that Chapek was there with the board's blessing, especially after they gave him that new deal right before they fired him. You got a sense that Bob Chapek works for the board of directors. You don't get that sense now with Iger. Iger is there and he's running the show. And the board of directors is there almost just to kind of rubber stamp everything. And I think that's one of the things that Peltz is going to argue, that Iger's got too much uh, 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 discretionary room to maneuver, and he's not being held accountable by the board of directors. And you put Jay Rasulo on there, who's who knows where some of the money has been, who understands how to read the books— and you get Nelson Peltz, who's a strategist on, mm-hmm. you know, here's how we appeal to our audience. You know, what is, what is our market share and how do we get our how do we get our, our customers back? Then there's going to be a little bit more accountability. And I think Iger knows that if anybody else is on that board, they're going to hold his feet to the fire a little bit more than he wants to. Yeah. Another thing, uh, another thing uh, when we. You know, people were talking about uh, people have been talking about the whammy and double whammy, um, and, and all of that. Uh, with uh, Elon, with uh, the release of that doc document that shows that th- these are our uh, DEI standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, is there any is um, is there a way that uh, this could be just dis- somehow uh either distributed or if um it, if uh pelts can put it up on his uh website or something and basically put it in as additional justification that these are the policies of the company that we're trying to change i don't know um i i understood the idea the whole idea of dr- the 
drama that it's kind of like an opportunity and at the end of the day all um all three of them are shaking hands because yeah. ooh, look we raised the uh share price up to well, 150 the impression, or whatever yeah the impression that i get and 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 i'm i'm layman on this i don't understand i don't, I don't begin I. I don't begin to understand a lot of this but the impression that i get <laughs> just looking at the restore the magic website uh, the approach that they're taking with Tryon and getting uh, getting Jay Rasulo on the board and getting Nelson Peltz on the board, the argument is approached from the fiduciary responsibility of uh, of what the board of directors has as as their obligation to the company. The DEI stuff doesn't necessarily, I don't think, fall into that. It's it's a business not practice. directly. Well, not directly, yeah. and I think that that may be why it's not there, because it's a result, a symptom of company policy that needs to change overall, and mm -hmm. that's what you know. You you change the board, you change the company policy, and then this DEI stuff goes away. I think that focusing specifically on the DEI. You run the risk of the race card getting getting played, and instead of this becoming a business discussion, a fiduciary responsibility discussion, it now gets turned into well, Nelson Peltz is a racist, and I think they're oh, they're they're, yes, avo yes. they're avoiding that by keeping the DEI stuff out. Elon could do it because Elon's already been accused of all of that. And he can sit yeah. there and go, hey, look at what somebody sent me. And like Tom pointed out earlier, that particular color chart has been uh -huh. out for a while. Now, the other stuff that Elon published about, you know, this is some other documents internally, maybe not so much. Maybe that's new. I haven't looked at it yet. Yeah. <clears throat> but if you have that stuff coming out through Elon, who is not officially part of the proxy battle, then that gives him a little bit of cover uh, so, you know, Nelson, Nelson Peltz and Jay Rasula can sit there and go, we didn't put that out. That's not on us. You know, I, we don't care about your hiring practices right now. We care about the management at the top because management at the top sets policy that then HR and, and production and marketing and all these other guys, they dance to the tune that the board of directors sings. And if the board of directors is not singing the right song, None of the rest of this stuff matters because you're losing money. Mm -hmm. the, the other, you did bring up the other thing. Uh, do we know that? Uh, uh, do people know that Elon Musk does not have any uh, uh, or any unusual amounts of uh, ownership now in uh, Disney? It has not been confirmed or or disputed one way or the other that I've seen. Yeah, because that, that was another that was another thing. Um, uh, again, I always think I don't think life is like imagery in movies, but I always keep thinking of it. The next image, the next image for today is like in um, is like from uh, Nolan's Batman trilogy when uh, when uh, uh, Bruce Wayne goes and says, you know, I thought I'd just buy the company back. I bought it through a lot of back channels and through a lot of other things. It's, it's really quite complicated. Mm. <laughs> so that seriously, uh, in that regard, that's the. That's the uh, line. That's the line that I was thinking in that in that way. Uh, if anyone if anyone has noticed, if um, Elon either personally or through 
uh, I don't know his businesses or if he's got like, you know, like holdings of just like, you know, stock lying around uh, 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 company type things. Yeah. Uh, well, if he's got Death, anything like that lying around. Death Angel Shadow points out uh, there would have was to be. unusual movement. Yeah. Death Angel Shadow points out there would have to be an SEC filing if he bought a major amount of stock. So I haven't seen anything on that front. So maybe, maybe mm-hmm. not. Unless it hasn't been. Well, I don't know. Does. I wonder if there's well, a time frame. Well, depends on the frame. percentage or amount. Well, yeah, it and depends yes. on how many you buy, but uh, how 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 much time do you have between buying it and reporting it to the SEC? Or is it like once you've that, reached a certain... Uh, uh, do I? That got him last time. That got a who last time? How, well, what do you mean? Got him on what? I'm going to look it up. Okay, she's going to look it up. Mrs. Boss is looking up something with regard to that. Because apparently he's run into this before, I guess. I don't. I didn't yeah. remember that. Okay. Um, so that was that's part of my, my thing. Uh, back when, back in, I think it was uh, uh, when you were bringing this up either uh, last Thursday or uh, on Monday or something like that, I had brought up that. Yeah, what what was the level of support that um, that uh, Elon was going to bring up? And it seemed like that there were only four areas that would be really relevant. One would be um, propaganda through, uh, so to speak, through using uh, X and his, uh, per, so to speak, force of personality, his own, uh, to go and say, you know, I think this is right or I think this is wrong, you know, to yeah. basically sway public opinion. The second one was actual uh, the second one was legal. I didn't know. I did not know or remember ever hearing the whole thing that uh, he that anyone needs legal help. I'll I'll support I'll support you. Um, I had not heard that, but I had mentioned it. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's that. Then there was, of course, the um, then, of course, there was the uh, actual financial aspect kind of. Uh, um, and then there was out like outright by like owning stock. To basically here here you know here's a couple million shares of my like you had said here i'm going to hand it over to my um good friend and business associate mr peltz uh he can vote for me i, well, I trust him well and that's that's the that's the arrangement that ike perlmutter has because perlmutter owns uh, a certain a certain amount and some others we would we would assume that others have handed over their proxy shares, uh, the, the, the proxy control of their shares, to Peltz and Tryon, which is how he's got uh, so much uh, that they're, you know, almost $3 billion worth of stock. Tryon doesn't own all that. You know, Perlmutter owns a piece of it, and who knows uh, how many other people uh, have, have thrown in and said, okay, Nelson, you're on the right track. Here are my shares. You can control those too and, and build up this huge block where he now has more control over everything. Thunderduck says, mm-hmm. we've got no sound over on Odyssey. Let me hit let me hit reset the stream again because I reset it at the beginning of the show. Uh, let's see there. Uh, Thunderduck, let's see if that uh, gets you audio now. Uh, I don't know if that would be the thing or not. Sounds like you've got a phone call to take there, Michael. No, no, that's uh, 
Uh, no, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, what do you call it? Telemarketing or uh, uh, pollsters. All right. Uh, Death Angel Shadow says Musk probably has some wealthy friends that own Disney stock. I wouldn't be surprised. But see, right. also also consider, though, how many uh, how many uh, retirement funds are in are invested in Walt Disney uh, stock because it came out. What was the state? South Carolina. Was it South Carolina? You know, South Carolina. I, th- I want to say that Ohio as well. Somebody had said they said, OK, uh, the Walt Disney Company is making decisions that affect its price, and that impacts our investment in 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 the company as far as this retirement package that we've got. So we're no longer we're going to divest ourselves of the Walt Disney Company shares mm-hmm. and go other places. That has an impact as well, and all of that can uh, can can go into. Uh, Nelson Peltz's argument that there needs to be new management, including the CEO. I and I would say that if if Peltz and Rusulo get voted onto the board, they're going to give Bob Iger a deadline. I would suspect. I would sit there if it were me. I would sit there and say, "Okay, Bob, you have six months." You have nine months. You have ten months. Whatever, whatever, whatever reasonable agreement they all sit there and say. Okay, you have X and so amount of time to right the ship. Get these lawsuits taken care of. Get management back in place to do what we need to do to get the Walt Disney Company back to being the Walt Disney Company, and then you get out. Give him a chance because you know under new management, give Bob his marching orders. And give him a deadline. And at that point, you either fire him or you tell him it's time to retire. And you kick him out of that office with the shower and 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 escort him off the property. That was one of the problems that you had when they put Bob Chapik in as CEO. Bob Iger never left. Correct. The, he's I he's just got had a, to be and, gone. I'm full of imagery for today. I have a new I have another image that has now uh, it's not like this time it could be a prophetic image. You know, back when uh, Elon bought uh, uh, Twitter, now X, uh, didn't he bring in? Didn't he bring in a sink or a toilet into the offices to go cl- to clean everything up? No, he brought in he brought in a sink into the office because uh, it was it was a ki- it was a kitchen sink gag. I know that much. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the what the report was around it. I I, he, I he was he was throwing everything out, including the kitchen sink. I think is what it was. Yeah, that's what it yes. was. I I think it would be very symbolic um, if they uh, took uh, if they uh, decided to uh, get a building permit, uh, kind of like in circle around uh, Iger's uh, shower office, and then uh, just simply put a sign. Simply put a sign out there after they blow the windows out, and they go simply says, "Sorry, office closed for remodeling." Well. <laughs> uh, okay, whimsical. so this I'm is I'm being whimsical today. This is uh, this is an article in the Guardian from four months uh, for, from over four months ago. Elon under investigation for forty four billion dollar takeover Twitter, Securities Exchange Commission inquiring whether Musk broke federal law when he bought the stock. 
Mm-hmm. This was, uh, when was this? This was October of 2023. Uh, Securities and Exchange Commission uh, investigation concerns whether Musk broke federal securities laws in 2022 when he bought stock in Twitter, which he later renamed X, as well as statements and SEC filings he made about the deal. Uh, he bought uh, 9.2, let's see, let's see here. Uh, the purchase was not disclosed in an SEC filing until the next month. Twitter shareholders sued over the late filing shortly after, though their suit was dismissed. Faced with a trial that sought to compel him to complete the deal, Musk purchased Twitter's remaining stock in the deal that took over the company. Okay, so SEC's investigation was revealed on Thursday when when the U.S. agency sued to compel Musk to testify in their investigation, which he previously agreed to do and then reneged on. Um, Yeah, so... This... Okay, so I'm not seeing anything here... They looked into it, but, okay, so nothing here would indicate that when he filed, because he filed a month later, um, the next one, it says the purchase was not disclosed in an SEC filing until the next month. But there's nothing in this article that says if he broke a rule or not by waiting to file that, you know, waiting that long to file. That's because they're doing it. They're doing a neutral reporting there. What they're doing is, if, uh, if you go up to the heading, it is the Guardian, and what happens is that they're the if uh, the heading basically says under investigation. Again, right. when you just simply as a you know as they go, uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If we're all looking at implication and whatever going on for uh, Iger, whether it is justified or not. The same thing can be done to everybody else, including, including, uh, in, including uh, Elon Musk. In this case, in this case, they're they're simply trying to throw, sh- uh, they're simply trying to throw shade on Elon Musk. By the way, oh, I'm yeah. There's no I, no I, doubt about that. Right. I'm just simply saying that that the uh, that the gar- that well, hey, I'll tell people I'm. I think you know we avoid politics on this show, but I simply will say that that um, I see the uh, you know as they say I see the I see when they're trying to play you on the one side as well as on the other side. Yeah. So um, so we've so got a, in this case. Yeah. So we've got a question here from Rod. Uh, oh, let me. Let, I got. I got to. I got to do it right. I got to do it Rod. right. Rod Thunderheart asking hey, if, if Roseanne him. Barr might join the lawsuit. She has responded to Elon's tweet. Uh, she has uh, she has responded. She's like, hey, I might be interested. Uh, Thunderduck just followed us over on Rumble. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, Rod. I mean, I got I got to do it right. Right. I mean, you, there's yeah. only one way to say Rod Thunderheart. Uh, good to see you in the chat there, sir. But yeah, I think uh, I think this is big. This is going to get bigger. This is going to be uh, much much more public than the Disney company would want it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and you have various different aspects of this because not only do you have the fandom and the social media chatter about Gina's uh, lawsuit, that part. But also with the proxy war stuff, you have 
You have the Hollywood trades, you know, Variety and Deadline and Hollywood Reporter and all that. You have the financial magazines, Forbes, Business Insider, uh, Wall Street Journal, and and that's that set. And then yeah, you have the then you have the social stuff, the 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 gossip columns and the the entertainment and and the cultural stuff, the Atlantic, uh, the New Yorker, Puck. All, all of those. Well, I guess Puck would be considered more the entertainment trade, like like Deadline and Hollywood Reporter. But all of these different aspects of media coverage on all of this, and they're coming at it from various different angles. And Iger's got to dance. He's, you know, what? Where? Where is the next hit coming from? And I don't think that he's. Uh, I don't he's think that, that he's going to that good of an answer. He's not that good of a dancer. <laughs> and Weatherman's right. ABC did fire Roseanne Barr over stuff that she'd posted on social. So, mm-hmm. you know. But I th- Right. In that particular case, I think Roseanne Barr's situation is a little bit different <coughs> because she actually did say something very specific about Valerie Jarrett. And one could argue from a very broad brush standpoint that Mm -hmm. what Roseanne Barr tweeted could be perceived as racist. Now, whether that's grounds for firing or or termination of employment, that's a completely different thing. That would depend on what kind of contract she had, whether there was some kind of a morals clause or something in her contract that said, if you behave in such a way X, then we can fire you for that behavior. That would be something I think would have to be scrutinized in her case because nobody has said anything about Roseanne Barr's tweets that I don't think were a complete fabrication like you get in in terms of of what happened to Gina Carano, because right. even this week, even this week in the coverage of the lawsuits, the trades are still posting that she posted some anti-Semitic, anti you know right you know anti left wing, and and she didn't, you know that characterization is still out there, and I would say, if if. If it were me, I would I would sit there and pull a Nicholas Sandman. Not only am I going to go after Disney for wrongful termination and sex discrimination, I would not be surprised <laughs> if you really, really, really want to stick it to him. I would not be surprised if Gina didn't turn around and start suing some of these media outlets for how they've characterized all of this. Mm-hmm. Because nowhere in any of her tweets did she ever say anything about Jews and and comparing Republicans and conservatives to how Jews were treated during 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 the run up to World War Two. Nowhere in there has she ever done anything and, and, and done done anything anti-Semitic. And for if it were me and if I had the resources and, you know, if Elon Musk is standing behind me saying, what do we do next? I go after the media outlets, same as same as Nicholas Sandman did after that confrontation in D.C. Or and or same it, as same or, as Kyle Rittenhouse did. Or what your um or what your uh, uh, 
panelist, the uh, lawyer, had said, uh, d depending on what, if she really wanted to stick, really, really, really wanted to stick it to them, what she should have done was that she sh could, uh, if if she is correct that they could do that in California, is put is put an injunction on all uh, current projects. Yeah, uh, maybe or especially related those related quote to uh lucas films whatever because that's uh because that's where all the um material that is related to her suit would be coming from yeah. not to you know not to pick star not to all this other stuff just going after just going after Lucasfilm. yeah uh and by doing that then uh yeah uh if she if she if they had done that in their initial um suit that would have proved that you know that probably would well, have put a damper in the, a... in the first quarter call. <laughs> well, the the thing is though, you got to do this in steps, right? You have mm -hmm. to you have to do the one thing before you can do the next thing. So they've got they've got this initial filing, and then there's there's uh, the time for the Disney company to respond, and then whatever happens after that. Any kind of an immediate injunction would be a separate filing. Now that the case is uh, it has been filed and there's a there's a case number and it's in the system, then I mm -hmm. would say that if that's something that they're going to want to try to do, now they have now they have a platform on which you know where they can do that because now there's a case and it's in the system. Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast, good to see you here for the first time, uh, and and pointing out like we talked about here. <clears throat> Companies have clauses in their contracts with That's employees it. that relegate how their how, how their perception is on social media. If they deem it violates those parameters, they claim it's grounds for firing. <clears throat> that that could come into play, and I think that's also how they did with Roseanne Barr. Uh, the thing is, if it's it's not necessarily that. Roseanne Barr, Gina Carano, whoever else, you know, posted certain things online. That in and of itself is not what's being argued. And, and Gina's suit is very specific, saying, you know, w w she's being targeted for posting things, but the things she were posted are being characterized in a false manner. There are lies being told and dishonest uh, characterizations about what she posted. And at the same time, there's other stuff her co-stars and other people at Lucasfilm posted that were could be considered just as egregious, depending on your point of view. And mm -hmm. yet nothing happened. Nothing was done. And especially in the reverse situation. The, yeah, in the reverse. I mean, Mark Hamill and Pedro Pascal were, were in there as well. So I don't know. It's it's the masses, the normies need to know she's only suing for seventy five thousand her job. She's she's suing for at least seventy five thousand. Right. I heard yeah. what the lawyer said. <coughs> yeah. What, what, yeah, I didn't catch the I'm sorry I didn't catch all the conversation earlier. So I don't yeah. uh, I keep saying the lawyer because I didn't catch what her name was. Dest Destiny Bounds. And hopefully we'll get her back Destiny. in because she had a she had a good she, she had a good time. She says, I don't know. She could be nice. Oh. Uh, MS says, didn't one of the ladies on The View say something similar to Roseanne or Gina and it blew up? I think it was Whoopi Goldberg. I think you're right. Um, and, and and Cam's right. You know, she, Gina didn't say anything 
wrong. And she wasn't coming out uh, in in defense or attacking any particular group one way or the other. She was sitting there saying, hey, you remember before World War II, the government mm-hmm. got us to, you know, it turned neighbor against neighbor. And we need to not do that. That's what that Instagram yep. post was. I know. And, and I agree with I agree with her interpretation of things. One of one of the uh, one of my uh, hobbies was minoring in uh, history. So, yeah, <laughs> and there's different ways you can interpret uh, it. But no, that's one characterization that is correct about concerning uh, the uh, days at uh, during and after the Weimar Republic. Yeah. So, well, in Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast here, it says we don't know if nothing happened with the other actors, namely Pascal. Uh, maybe they were all spoken to. Maybe. But we don't know now. And that's something that could come out in discovery. And if that did happen then that would bolster Disney's defense, and they could sit there and say, yeah, we, we said something to all of these people, but we did not see any consequences for Come people like Mark Hamill or Pedro Pascal or uh, 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 Christi, uh, Ariel Christine, whoever, the, the black girl that was a host of the podcast, Christine Ariel, or what was her name? And 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 the the public response as well as the company response to all of those, private or public, will be a determining factor in a judgment as to whether or not Gina was discriminated against. Because if they talk to everybody, and everybody did struggle, be sessions, sure to connect with us on social thing. media and subscribe but to our channels we don't so have you don't any miss our next that that broadcast. This is Nobody Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Pedro Pascal was was told to sit down with forty five different conservatives and tell you know understand the other side, right? You but know, in an don't... actual lawsuit, she since she is the plaintiff, the burden of proof would be on uh, would be on you know not public opinion, but uh, but no, no, court, she's got it. Yeah, she definitely has to prove discrimination. She's got to yeah. actually prove it beyond a shadow of beyond. The, the burden of, of doubt or the shadow of doubt for right. for for a jury. And I right. think it's going to be well, easier for her to make that case for a jury instead of a bench trial, because who knows what the judge is going to do? I mean, we see what's happening in D.C. and New York. Right. But if the you last have thing I was going to comment was concerning a uh, concerning uh, trial, whether bench trial or jury trial, I was going to I'm. Uh, I'm asking because I don't know. Uh, wouldn't uh, part of discovery force uh, any particulars that are brought up onto the uh, witness stand to basically break their NDAs without violating the fact because they are being ordered to do so by the court um, as part of discovery? That I don't know, but maybe. See what I'm <laughs> saying? Because that's. That would be the uh, that would be an inroad, uh, uh, you know. They and and if on the off chance that like let's say Bob Chapek uh, uh, really was uh, doing some uh, financial doings and not just uh, and I'm just doing this as a suppose if he that there were financial uh, uh, bad doings because of all the other stuff concerning the the uh, uh, Bitcoin type stuff the electronic uh, things. Oh, the FTX? 
yeah, he yeah. can always go and say he can always go and claim, you know, fifth go and claim Fifth Amendment and, and be done with it. But for anything else that during the disco during discovery, um, if he has to fess up <laughs> or any well, of the other people that are subject to NDAs. That, okay. I don't that's personally right I don't think that I don't think that the FTX stuff is going to come into play with this because none of no, that no. none of that matters as far as this goes. But uh, as far as NDAs on everything else, who knows? Maybe maybe there's a chance that you can break some of that, because I think at at some at some level, uh, Bob. Uh, Bob Chapek probably has some things to say that he has not been able to say yet. And I would be right. very interested in finding out just what exactly it is that he knows, understood to be the case, or what he thinks on any of this stuff. Uh, Darth Sidious, Cameron was here during the second hour. He had to go. Uh, so yeah, you can catch him in replay on uh, on hour number two. He joined us uh, and gave his thoughts Stuff. He he was here. He was here. I I know he was here. He oh, we saw him. Yes, we saw him. He was here. So, Mrs. Boss, you have a you have a thought with regard to the NDA stuff? Well, I had asked question earlier. Well, not question, but made a statement about you know if JPEG is because everything happened under his watch. You know, is brought up how much can he say for anything past a certain point because of his. Yeah. NDAs. And second of all, since I'm hearing your stomach rumble over here, since it's been the, you know, how yeah. long since you ate. And so I know that I'm going to sit there and pull the wife card on you so that that's I don't have Jason, to. Listen. That's not Jason. That's Todd. Uh, yeah, that's Todd. Yeah. Well, well, I want I, to I <laughs> point out Todd's now not naked. Do because I have to show this? Yes, you will, because I want to make sure that it's shown before you go. I mean, because better, I don't need don't to listen to good, you anymore. We don't re get a real good look at this angle. Todd, but apparently Todd, Todd better not be a trans skeleton. Uh, no, he's, he's, he's dressed in Cal Dallas Cowboys colors. He is wearing uh, his official Witten. Uh, okay. Jersey. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know that this is going to stand. I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know how I don't long know. this is going to be. But like. I know I'm not standing for your stomach anymore. I'm tired of it. Uh, anyway. When yeah, it's well, this far away, we're, I can we're hear down, you. We're down to the end of our third hour anyway, so we can mm -hmm. we can go ahead and, and call it and, uh, and say that that's going to wrap up for us today. Michael, thanks very much for calling in. And uh, again. everybody, everybody that's here, uh, say good night, Todd. Say good night, Todd. We're really happy that all of you stuck around. And have been here for all of this, all of this here. Uh, it was a, it's been a good, it's been a good three hours. It's been a very productive three hours, and much better than Gilligan Island. We'll, or Gilligan we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. It was much better than cats. Yeah, I'm and, going and to come back again you and can, again and again. You can email the show live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Uh, Scarif Scuttlebutt, glad to have you here. Uh, good thing you caught the tail end. I'm glad you you managed to get at least a little bit of this live uh go back and listen to it and and let us know what you think those of you who are here in replay mode uh you can leave a comment uh and of course uh join the discord and uh jump in the conversations over there that's going to do it for us today folks you can find us on the various different social medias 
and other video platforms, uh, YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, Kick, Twitch. Kick and Twitch we're not using, uh, so those might go away, but Odyssey and Rumble, go find us over there too, because sometimes YouTube is buffering and we're not sure why yet, uh, at least this week. So there's all of the places where you can get a hold of us. You can sign up for the newsletter and whatnot. And we will be back to do this all again next week. Tomorrow, open line Friday, which means uh, call in throughout the entire show, but we may do something a little bit different. Who knows? I don't know. And at some point, we'll have an Indie Comics showcase we'll be doing as well. Uh, Monday, Jason Tolbert will be our guest. On Tuesday, Tim Akers will be here. Uh, so we're we're filling up the calendar. It's a it's a busy month. So stick around, and if you haven't subscribed yet, consider doing so. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel, 1 p.m. Eastern here on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Remember, the politicians hate you, the media lies to you, but God has a plan for you, and there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2024, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio.